Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Check podcasts. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Donnie and Dolly podcast. Catch the show Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon on Shaq. Your local sports coverage lives here. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. With Don Taylor. I've got this crooked cane, this really old crooked cane. And Rick Dollywall. We ended up going to a Best Western to watch the Lions in the 83-82. Here's Donnie and Dolly. 10 o'clock in downtown Vancouver. We're in the Paul Carson studio. Thanks for tuning in, folks, on this special day. It's Donnie and Dolly, the team, on check. It is NHL trade deadline day. We've got ourselves a three-hour show. We're going from 10 in the morning Pacific until 1 in the afternoon Pacific. Three hours, and let me tell you, I talk about us being on the air for three hours. This guy has been working the last, what, six? I don't know what time you got up, but he's been on the phones working it. How are you, sir? 4.30 this morning. I got up. On the phone ever since. Texting, phoning, uh, all, phone, all of that. Uh, the phone's already ran out. Uh, the energy in the phone or whatever it is called. Battery. Battery. Uh, Rick Dollywall, Ryan Henderson is our producer. He's the man at the controls. Derek Wong is the voice of God. He is our director. Okay, uh, we're going to spend this first segment focusing on what we should focus on. This is a show in Vancouver, broadcast out of Victoria. We're talking Canucks here. We'll talk about last night's game, about uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the disappointment, crushing disappointment that hit Canuck Nation. We'll do that in a bit. But first, let's get right to the matter at hand, trade deadline day. When it comes to the Canucks, Rick, what are you hearing? Okay, so we can only tell you what we're hearing up to this point, but as of about 10 minutes ago, uh, very quiet in the Canucks camp. Uh, they're getting calls on Mott and Shen. Otherwise, uh, very quiet. I do want to say this, Don. Mm-hmm. They're trying to create cap space and get younger. They showed that to us yesterday. No players being held out last night tells me they are not close on a deal with uh, any top six guys like Besser or Garland. I'll get to Besser in a minute. Mm. Uh, trying to move out bad contracts. So these are the things that Canucks are trying to achieve this weekend. That right there. But I can tell you right now, uh, very quiet. Uh, for all you out there expecting big moves, uh, you know, earthquake shake moves, that kind of stuff. Uh, nothing right now. Very quiet in the Canucks camp. As of now, it could explode. It may not explode. Time will tell. But right now, quiet. Okay, let's go through some names here. You mentioned some of them there. First and foremost, I think if you had to pick a player most likely to be moved because of his contract status, he's about to become a UFA, Tyler Mott. Yeah, you're bang on, Donnie. And as of last night, I didn't get the sense that the Canucks and Mott were close. He's not asking for three, four, five million here, folks. But I do keep this in mind. If they do free up money... Don't rule out an extension for Mott. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying don't rule it out. Players, coaches, management love this player, but if you get a high pick for him or a good prospect, Donnie, you have to do it if they can't agree on a deal. As of last night, I was told not close. Lots of calls this morning on Mott. Not surprised. I'm just being told don't rule out an extension if they they move some money around. But 
If you're going to ask about the guy that could be moved the most today, it's probably Tyler Mott. Tyler Mott. And let me just say this about Tyler Mott. We're going to get to the highlights and talk about last night's game uh, later on in, in the program, probably in the next segment, depending on, on what breaks here. But Tyler Mott is fast. Oh, You, you watch those three games. Uh, you know, Detroit, Calgary. Buffalo, too. And, and, and Buffalo. Canucks aren't fast enough, I, I, and that's one reason, one you know, among others, that you want to keep a guy like uh, Tyler Mott. Yaroslav Halak. Yeah. All right, uh, the, the, <laughs> your buddy and my buddy. No, he's not my buddy. Hey, your buddy, my buddy. We've been talking uh, for weeks about Halak. Uh, uh, I, now I get the uh, indication he will wave, but I, I, I'm going to ask you nicely, uh, Donnie, after that video on Saturday with Boudreau uh, in the Calgary game, I mean, who's taking him right here? Uh, folks, uh, right here. Uh, you know, I mean, is Bruce uh, saying right now you're in? And he's like, well, hold it a sec. You know, a body language. You bring up uh, JT Miller's body language all the time. Well, look at the body language there, right? You know, so I, I, I don't know if there's a great market for him right now. I just don't know that. Yeah, and he's got that re- reputation. Uh, Corey well, Hirsch was on our show, and he coached, if I got this right, he coached. Halak in St. Louis. And yes, he did. Prickly uh, reputation. We've seen some evidence of it. and Certainly it looked like it there. Bruce Boudreaux denied that. Yeah. He said that he thought it was just a lack of communication, that he couldn't hear what he was saying. What else would he be saying oh, at, at that point? You could, you could tell. Just, and we're, we're not there. Donnie, you and I are not there. But it, uh, the visuals, the optics don't look good for him, Donnie. It looks like he was going to you know, go after Boudreaux. <laughs> Now, that would have been a story. That would have been nice. Uh, that would have been nice. to. Well, would I, you caught him with the equipment? Okay. Uh, can well, I talk? Can, can I well, say one more yep, thing uh, about Halak? Yep. Uh, again, Bruce Boudreaux has shot that down. That's what veteran coaches do. They you know, shoot down rumors like that or, or any friction like that. They don't want that getting out publicly. But we see what we see here. Uh, I, I get all that. The other side of it is, you know, Halak probably thought he was going to start Sunday, Sunday. against uh, Buffalo. He knows at this point, when as we're watching uh, this video, that he's not going to be playing on, on Sunday if he plays that third period. He's a competitor. That's it. Are you okay with that, though? Yeah. He's a competitor. He wants to play that game on, on Sunday. Help out his cause. Help out his team's cause. But Donnie, there's some people who might make that argument. Donnie, there's something to be said about being a good team player. And you want to know why the Canucks don't want to trade Mott? Do you know why they don't want to trade Luke Shen? Because they're good team players. They're character guys. And I'm sorry, it's it's like, go. and I hate to use a football reference, go back to Dickinson Printers at the Great Cup and the bad body language because uh, Casey never got in. Donnie, they all want to play. That might they, be the most obscure reference <laughs> in the history of the NHL up, trade no, deadline. But, 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 but you know what I mean. Yeah, okay. Be yeah. the good teammate. Be the good teammate. Okay, okay. Here's what's happening in Toronto uh, right now. Rasmus uh, Sandin. Injured on, on defense. They don't know how long he's going to be out. They haven't disclosed uh, the injury at this point. They've also sent former Canuck Alex Biega, who spent most of the season with the Toronto Marlies, but has seen some action with the Leafs, uh, to Nashville for futures. Okay, so there seems to be room for another defenseman in Toronto. Luke Shen, Rick. Yeah, lots of calls on Luke. Uh, Vancouver really, like I just said, does not want to move him. But if the price is right, you have to do it, Donnie. Uh, you have to do it if the price is right. And I'm going to be honest with you right now, they really don't want to move him. He's a character guy. I always go back to Dave King, the great Canadian coach, talking about culture carriers. Luke Shen's a culture carrier. Great in the dressing room. Management loves him. The players love him. The coaches love him. He's, he would be a tough, tough decision for the Canucks. But if you get what you want, then you got to do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. We talk about keeping Tyler Mott. 
fine. Uh, keeping Luke Shen, fine. fine. You, you, know, you fall in love with these players. I, yep. I get all that. But if the deal is right. Have to do it. You, you have to do it. Okay. Tanner Pearson. Yeah. I, 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 so one of the uh, things the Canucks are trying, trying to do is move out some bad contracts, whether, you know, they did one yesterday with Hamannick, mm. uh, Dickinson, Poolman, Pearson. You make these calls. And, but uh, I, I got to the Pearson camp last night. I, 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 they have not been asked to waive uh, as of last night. I, I, I don't know if uh, that's going to be possible. I, I, the, the Canucks can try. They can try on Myers too, but they got no trades. And here's what the previous regime did to the, uh, the current regime is a lot of no trade clauses so it's it, it's in Pearson's hands yep. but I certainly didn't get the indication last night that it could happen but things can change minute by minute well all we can tell you is what we know now does that fall into the bad contract uh, category well, He's got two years left at three two five. When he signed, though, Donnie, he he he, he well, it was criticized. Yeah, yeah, it was criticized. It was, and one of the reasons is exactly this: the 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 contract. But when you look at what the Canucks are trying to do, create cap space and get younger, you can see the contracts are trying to pedal. They're mm. a lot harder to. It's easy to try and move those, harder to get them done. We mentioned foot speed uh, earlier, Brock Besser. Okay, Besser, uh, uh, touch base with a lot of people this morning. I don't see it today. Uh, and Elvin said it yesterday. That's a move in the summer, and they got a lot of time to work out. Uh, I just get the feeling talking to uh, people close to that situation that uh, I don't see Besser going today, Donnie. But it's a summertime move. You don't have to qualify him until the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, do $7.5 million on his qualifying offer yeah. If, yeah. He, if he uh, sticks around or... Of course, the other option is they sign him to an extension, and that 7-5 uh, goes away. J.T. Miller. Oh, boy, J.T. Miller. It looks like a couple of sources say the Avalanche circled back uh, with Vancouver on Miller on uh, Friday after they lost out on Claude Giroux. Don't see it, folks. I'm sure the Rangers are poking around at last second trying to get Miller, but definitely heard from uh, people on the weekend the Avalanche circled back with Vancouver. Uh, they lost out on Claude Giroux, but it's going to take a ton. It's going to take a ton to get J.T. Miller. I don't see it, Donnie, but teams are allowed to call and talk all you want but boy oh boy uh, it would have to uh, we've said it uh, a million times uh, it would take a, a grand slam uh, for the Canucks to do it and plus the feeling we all get is they want to extend JT Miller give it a shot in the summer mm-hmm. so uh, they, it would be awfully hard to put that together here in the last two hours I know there are concussion issues here but when it comes to Colorado, is Bowen Byram available? It's it's funny you brought that name up, and it's good that you brought that name up because Vancouver's favorite agent, Kevin Epp, represents Bowen Byram. I asked Kevin Epp yesterday about Bowen Bo, Bo Byram. Yeah. I knew I was going to do Just that. Just two Bs there. Uh, Bo, Bo and Byron. I asked Kevin up about Bo and Byron, and he said, look, I, the rumors are out there, but he says that the Avalanche are not shopping him. And he says, uh, you know what? Uh, he's heard the same things, that Bo and Byron's name is out there, but he said it's not the Avalanche, it's media-induced. Jeez, uh, I'm not going to start the Kevin up thing again. But he just said nicely, don't see it happening. And uh, all the best to Bowen Byram, uh, right? Yeah, now. It, former Vancouver Giant, strong connection uh, to BC. All, all the best for Cranbrook him. Cranbrook yeah. kid, and the concussion he's out with was in a home game against the Vancouver Canucks, Donnie, mm-hmm. earlier this year. Okay, so uh, we've gone through the list. One, one more name. Okay, sorry. Well, go, uh, I was going to say we're going to talk about yesterday's deals in a second, but go ahead. One more name you ha- yeah. you, you have mentioned is is Connor Garland, and okay. that's the name. Yeah. When you look at the Canucks trying to create cap space, the one guy that can do it, 
in the top six is Garland. So a uh, g- great piece for Cap Relief. Uh, talked to his agency uh, this morning. Um, you know, they understand the rumors. They, they get it. They're not stupid. Uh, they understand why Connor's uh, name is out there. L.A., Boston, Pittsburgh, a lot of teams after him. Cost certainty. He brings you everything you want. He's a good player. Uh, but if the if, – if, a lot of teams after him, Donnie. But the Canucks, uh, uh, again, I just got another text while we were on the show. Very slow right now in Vancouver. Very quiet. So, But we know what happens. Uh, last two hours. We got uh, two hours Well, not even. Last two minutes. So, I mean, yeah. w- what happens with the deadline? You know, I've done a few of these things. You've done several of these things. Yeah. Uh, the pressure mounts yes. just before 12 noon Pacific. And that's when you start hearing about the deals. In fact, deals will get done just moments before yeah. uh, 12 Pacific. And then you hear about them after 12 Pacific, which is why we're doing an extra hour today. So uh, there was all those rumors last week about Connor Garland and the interest. And you mentioned this team, uh, the interest brought forth by the L.A. Kings. You you would, in a really good world, like to, uh, to probably move Myers' contract, Dickinson, Pearson. We talked about cap relief, but Garland's sitting there. But you better get a good haul back for him, Donnie. Uh, you better get a good haul if you're going to do Garland. Yeah. And a uh, friend of the show, Troy Stetcher, on the weekend, ah. moving from, we had him on last week, moving from the Red Wings to the Kings, uh, reunited with Alex Edler there in Los Angeles. All right. Uh, yesterday, Canucks, they were busy. Patrick Galvin and Jim Rutherford making their first significant move or significant moves uh, since joining the Vancouver organization. Travis Hamannick to Ottawa for a third round uh, pick. Thanks for the graphic there. Derek Wong, the voice of God. Uh, and then a third round draft pick to the Leafs for Travis Dermott. A lot of Travis's uh, here. Um, what did you make of that? Yeah, there you go. So you give the Canucks credit. Uh, boy, nobody saw the Hamannick uh, uh, deal. His name wasn't mentioned. Well, he was, it wasn't mentioned. But like I said, the Canucks, all their perceived bad contracts, they've tried to move in the last two, three weeks, and they and they found somebody to take it, which was uh, – but I also was told Capuano in Ottawa, mm-hmm. the assistant coach, had Hamannick with the Islanders. Yes. Big reason. Always why. a connection. It's a Always very good. small world. Very big reason why that trade happened was Jack Capuano. Uh, Donnie, by the way, is a former Canuck. Yep. Yeah. So Jack Capuano played a big role in Hamannick going to Ottawa. So the people that are happy with that trade, you better help. You better thank the former Canuck. He played a big role in it. Uh, I, I don't get that deal from an Ottawa point of view. Yeah, th- th- you give a a thir- pe- up a third round draft pick. You are a rebuilding organization, and you get a player. Uh, yeah. Who's had off ice issues? Yes, uh, you know we don't have to get into those right now. Uh, but also, not that long ago, three, four years, I'd want to play in anywhere but Western Canada. Yes, and off he goes uh, to Ottawa. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, and they're they're going to pay, pay more money uh, for uh, Travis Hamannick than uh, I think they should. And, I, and, I, I know they shouldn't pay and, that much money. And this kid, uh, the I keep calling him uh, McDermott. So did Dan Murphy last night, by the way. So me and Murph are in the same boat. It's, uh, it's good you point out a <laughs> and, and fellow media member's mistakes. And, uh, Murph, I never do that. Uh, Murph uh, he's a good pal. Anyways, uh, uh, he plays both sides. Again, age 25. He's got one year left to 1-5. This is, you could see the Canucks plan. And folks, if they don't make big moves today, don't worry. You can make those in the summer, but you can see the plan, Donnie. You can see the create the cap space, get younger. Uh, Dermot makes sense on so many levels. And uh, Vancouver also saves $1.5 million on the Hamannick for Dermot switch. Yeah, you know what? The thing is with that deal, I just thought to myself it was real thoughtful. When you combine 
combine the two deals. You you know move on from uh, Travis Hamanick, older, making more yeah. money, and you get somebody who's uh, younger, making less money, who maybe wasn't given the opportunity uh, that he. I'm not going to say he should have, but wasn't given much of an opportunity. I knew he was, you know, top four at times yes. with Toronto. Yes. But it's it's a team with a lot of talent versus Vancouver. Uh, if you want to say it, a, a team that is going to make the playoffs, maybe a cup contender. So he comes to Vancouver where you think he's going to get more of an opportunity. But I want to run clip four here of, of Dermot, guys, if you don't mind. You mentioned something there. Everybody's mentioned it. And we saw this with Nate Schmidt on the Canucks, and I, I, I'm not so sure it, it always uh, works, but he's a lefty who can play the right side, and given the Canucks' strengths and weaknesses, you would think he will play the right side uh, with the uh, Canucks. So here is Travis Dermott on playing the right side as a lefty. I played left side, obviously, majority growing up, um, just being a left-hand shot, naturally. Um, but recently, I loved, I loved kind of learning how to play the right side the last last three, four years, especially I've, I've had some good chances to get over on the right side and it, it opened up, opens up the game in a different way. That's for sure. Um, you got to play it a little bit differently, but I mean, you got the one timer in the offensive zone, which is nice. Uh, and you know, just, just some little opportunities to play the game a little bit differently. And, uh, it's been fun for me learning it. That's for sure. So going forward, I like to like to keep all the options available and fit in wherever I can or wherever the coaches, uh, find that I fit best. So whether that's on the left or the right, um, you know, so be it. We'll make the best of it. He yeah. will be wearing Gary Monahan's old number 24 uh, for the uh, Canucks. So Meyer, Shen, Juleson, uh yesterday against Buffalo. Burroughs on the right side uh, right now. You, you look at that and you think to yourself, they need some help. So Travis Dermott, you would think, on that uh, right side uh, for, the, for the Canucks. People will say often that what's the big deal about playing your wrong side? And the player that they always bring up, he played it throughout his career, is, is Bobby Orr. Bobby Left-handed Orr. defenseman yeah. playing on the right side. Here's the thing with Bobby Orr. He was Bobby Orr. He was special. He could, special. He, could, he could play goal. He could, he could do yeah. anything. So yeah. I'm not sure that's a – I know there are other others out there, but that's the player that always gets uh, uh, brought up. He always played with Dallas Smith, always a left-handed yep. partner on the left side, Bobby Orr on the right side. Again, we're talking Bobby Orr, and we're certainly not making comparisons uh, to uh, Travis Dermott with Bobby Orr. It can be done. I, I think it's, it, it, it can be a tough go. Well, look at Kyle Burroughs. He gets here, 90% of the games he's played is on his wrong side, Donnie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and the poor kid does it. It's hard for a defenseman, but he did it. But that's a good move. You like the versatility uh, when the injuries hit. But uh, I like this Dermot uh, pick. Uh, you got rid of the Hamannick contract. Uh, get younger, Donnie, and create cap space is the entire goal of this new management team. Again, we're going till uh, two, uh, 1 o'clock today, 10 a.m. to uh, 1 p.m. on NHL trade deadline day today. Canucks making a couple of moves uh, yesterday so far, unless you've got something in the last few moments. Let me check. Let me check. No, nothing. Nothing from the Canucks today, at least. We want to talk about uh, last night's game against Buffalo. What a disappointing oh. stretch of three games. We'll talk about uh, that next and update you on any NHL trades uh, that will happen in the next uh, few uh, moments. Thanks for tuning in, folks. It's Donnie and Dolly, the team on check. Donnie and Dolly, the team is supported by ableauctions.ca. Closing your business? We can help.
NHL trade deadline day. We're focusing on the Vancouver Canucks, as we often do here on Donnie and Dolly, the team on check. Poll question, Rick, are you busy? Uh, uh, Ryan, get her up. Let's get that poll question up, which in uh, annual, uh, I'm rattled. You know that. I got a million things going. I got an agent texting me from. Uh, well, what's what's going on? Hold on. Where's he? Uh, he's in Ottawa. Anyways, uh, which annual NHL event do you look forward to the most? Uh, this is Christmas for me, all three of these, Donnie. Uh, look at that, 1,100 votes ready. And everybody loves uh, day one of the NHL draft. Uh, for me, it's day one of uh, uh, free agency. Uh, that's Christmas for me. I, I think one thing with the with day one of the NHL draft, and I understand why um, why it would be leading, is, yep. well, well, you know, can you get a franchise player and and all that? And that could yeah. also happen on those other days. But uh, visually speaking, to to watch the players get drafted, their moms and dads are there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that part of it is true. and brothers yeah. and sisters and uh, putting on the jersey. Like visually, it's it's easily the winner. So I think that has an impact that on this uh, poll question. So day one of the NHL draft leading at uh, 42.9%. What stuck out for uh, stuck out for you yesterday? Well, Buffalo, first, uh, Vancouver. Well, first, let me get this out of the way. Everybody, when this homestand started, Donnie, everyone said, "Oh, you know, you got to go five one and one, mm-hmm. you know, to be still in that playoff race." Even I saw your tweet last night, which was uh, spectacular. On Wednesday, they're only a point uh, behind uh, Vegas, and you got yeah. these three huge games Thursday and, morning and three clunkers. Um, so you go 2-3-2 and two on the seven-game homestand. Two of those losses in the last three against Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, Donnie, um, they scored the first goal only once on the homestand. Mm-hmm. That, 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 come out and establish, get the first goal. They can't do it. Demko started all seven. Don't get me into they're running them into the ground because they are. And, uh, they, you know, he looks tired. The uh, Detroit game killed them, Rick. Oh, for it, sure. They, they could not recover uh, from that because as hard as it is to believe, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you here, because as hard as it is to believe, I think they were looking past that game to the weekend and to Calgary and to try to beat that Flames team at Rogers Arena again right. and follow it up with them, maybe another easier game against Buffalo. So they lose to Detroit you know, the second worst defensive team in hockey at the time, yeah. not only do they lose, they get shut out. Shut out. That was that was crushing, and mentally they weren't strong enough to recover when you look at that first period against Calgary. It was absolutely awful. I honestly can't remember a more, you know, and of course this is recency bias, a more disappointing three-game stretch That's it. in the regular season yep. for, for the Canucks. Just when you thought to yourself, hey, this could happen. At the very least, important, more important games in March and April doesn't look like it's going to happen now. That was really, really uh, disappointing, and there wasn't much entertainment at Rogers Arena uh, either. Like three losses, not much happened from a Canuck point of view. Uh, Calgary, I, th- I, I didn't think they'd win Calgary, but my, Donnie, you got to beat Detroit and Buffalo, and you learn a lot about a team when they're under pressure. And, but I will say this as well. Bruce Boudreau made a very good point yesterday. Uh, he took the team aside. And he had to talk about the trade deadline. They had a meeting. And, you know, Donnie, I know some people say, oh, be tougher, the trade deadline. You know what? You're in a Canadian market, and your name's in there every day on trade rumors. Don't tell me it doesn't affect you. It does. Boudreaux took the team aside, had a, had a meeting. You know how we have staff meetings here sometimes. He took them aside, had a staff meeting, well, team meeting. About mm-hmm. the deadline. Hey, guys, don't let the deadline affect you. You have to be mentally strong, though. 
I don't care what situation you're in. You have to be mentally strong in order to or to, to block out the noise and just go ah, and play It's hockey. easier said than done, Donnie. Oh, Rick, come on. That, that, that's if the mark in, of a fragile team. No, if you're in Carolina where there, there's two media guys and then you go to Vancouver, a hot Canadian market, it's a big difference, Donnie. Big difference. Well, I know it's a big difference, but again, you have to be strong enough yes, to, you do. to, to blo- block that out. Something had an effect on them. They did not play, even, even the games before that on the homestand, they did not play as poorly as they did at any point during those those three uh, last games of that uh, homestand. Highlights, Derek, rock and roll. Let's go. Minute and a half in, Casey Middlestat splitting Hunt and Ekman Larson and beating Thatcher Demko. Middlestat looks solid all night. one nothing. Another poor Vancouver start. Second period, Connor Garland to JT Miller. Yeah, I was in. They kept playing, but upon further review, the puck was clearly in 1-1. JT's 25th then. Rasmus Dahlin down low. His pass gets through Tyler Myers right to Jeff Skinner. Top shelf for Mump keeps the peanut butter. 2-1. Sabres still second. Canucks power play. JT Miller circling. Locates Bo Horvat in his bumper spot. And they go. His 23rd. 2-2 in this battle of 1970 expansion cousins. Moments later. Zergensons cuts in, denied by a sprawling Demko. The old KTEL patty stacker stays 2-2. Third period, JT Miller cutting in, but Craig Anderson, the veteran, gets the right pad on it in rapier-like fashion. Puck stays out, overtime. Rasmus Dahlin wearing Matt Molson's old number 26. Wheeling and dealing and popping in the winner. Canucks lose another. Sabres win 3-2. Canucks start a tough, tough road trip in Colorado. Oh. Uh, Wednesday. It really hit me yesterday. The Sabres, clearly not the best team of the National Hockey League. And we've been talking about this all season. Everybody has. But the Canucks' number one problem. Uh, again, there, there, are, there are a lot. You know, maybe a lack of talent is number one. But right up there, Rick, and we, we talked about it earlier today, they're not fast enough. They're not fast enough. They're and just you, not fast enough. You want a bunch of Alex Tucks. Did you see Tuck? You, you ever Remember in the bubble in Edmonton? And who said it? Benning said we wish Tuck mm-hmm. is what Vertanen would have turned out to be. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Alex Tuck is so wonderful to watch, and he went after uh, Jake in that same draft. Hey, what about... Can I say something about uh, Alex go, Tuck? Go, yeah, go ahead. I know you hate talking about numbers and jerseys 89, and stuff like 80, that. What is he? He's 89. Yeah, he's 89. Shouldn't that be retired for Alex McGillney in, in Buffalo? That's Just a, good, a thought. No, no, go ahead. That's a good question. I never thought of that. Uh, the other one for you is, so Horvat draws a penalty with four minutes left in the third, Donnie. Mm-hmm. There's your opportunity. Where's the killer instinct? You know, it's 2-2. It's you get a power play with four minutes left, nothing. Uh, JT Miller, uh, after the game. Uh, he, here's a clip. And here's JT, uh, you know, who wears it. You can see it on his face. It doesn't even have to uh, say anything. He, yeah. he, is, he is a competitor. to say what you want about his body language. I think that's all about uh, that competitiveness. But uh, here's JT on winning just two of seven games on that critical homestand. You know, I don't. I don't want to say the word embarrassing. I don't think that's the right word, but it's hard to swallow because uh, it's. You know, it's it, for me. It, like for I think it's effort based. Uh, it's will. It's wanting to play in the playoffs and wanting to beat your opponent. Um, we talked about how late in the season every team is good. It's no excuses. Um, you know, I think they wanted it more than we did today. Which is unbelievable. What, what yep. he just said there, and yep. I'm not criticizing JT for a second here. Well. That the Sabres wanted that game more, more than the Canucks. Then the team we're supposed to be making a playoff push. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and quickly, I don't know if you saw the clip, but we have the clip of Luke Shen saying last night, 
we got some guys who haven't been consistent in the last week. So you know what? Hey, look, Donnie, there's, uh, they got to look in the mirror and do some soul searching. You're looking at your phone. Anything uh, from an update point of view, trade deadline day? No, Canucks. I just, uh, agent just sent uh, an LOL to me. We're, we're just discussing. Because? Something. We're just having fun. Okay, let's take a, a break here. I'll tell you what's coming up on the show. I haven't done that yet. Uh, we're flying by the seat of our pants here when it comes to the National yeah. Hockey League trades and certainly when it comes to uh, trades involving the Vancouver Canucks. So bear with us, folks. Three-hour show today. We're looking forward to it. Uh, in the next hour, again, depending on a, a trade breaking, we plan on having a little breather with DTMZ. We're going to have Is It Just Me to get your in- input as well. Kevin Woodley is going to join us just after 11 o'clock to talk about Thatcher Demko. Have the Canucks overplayed him? Also with the Yaroslav Halak issue on the weekend, on Saturday night. Big ride, the Twitter guy, uh, later on. Uh, up next, the voice of the Canucks on Sportsnet 650 follows the team day in, day out. Brandon Batchelor. thanks for tuning in, folks. Donnie Adali, the team, on check. Able Auction specializes in helping British Columbia-based business owners close their business and sell their assets in a timely, orderly manner. Online events for everything from machine shop and manufacturing auctions to industrial equipment, retail inventories, or any other type of business assets, Able Auctions can help. For a free confidential consultation on getting your business assets sold, please email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Our title sponsor on deadline day is, and every day, is Able Auctions. It is Monday. Our guests today, including Brendan Batchelor, standing by. Sponsored by Basant Motors. It's March Mayhem this month at Passant. Score yourself a great deal on a new-to-you vehicle. Learn more at B-A-S-A-N-T-Motors.com. Delaney's OK Tyron Langley uh, inbox just before we get to, to Brendan. Unsigned. Sign those texts, folks. Oh, There's so many great thoughts here. We want to give oh. you credit. NHL players don't realize how easy they have it when it comes to media attention, good or bad, compared to NBA, NFL, or European soccer players. Elite Major League Baseball players are in trade talks every single year. I know you no, cry a river when it comes no, to media stop. attention in Vancouver. Canadian markets players. are different. Go ask. You, you don't tougher think, than European soccer yes, markets? Yes, yes. Canadian markets oh, are tougher, Don. Okay. I wish you made the NHL and you were playing in Montreal. I wish I did, too. <laughs> Anyways, and you played in Montreal or in Toronto when times were not good. You would know. Here's the difference, uh, Rick, that in hockey, with the National Hockey League, players have choices. You could go to a market where you have all sorts of media attention, a Canadian market. You can go to a market where yeah, you get a fair amount of attention, like Detroit, Boston, New York, or you can go disappear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a unique situation in the NHL. NFL, Europeans, doesn't matter where you go, you're going to get all sorts of attention. Players have choices. That's the difference. You got something there? Uh, Alex, no, it's about another team. Uh, Alexander Edler picked L.A. Uh, Donnie, gee, I wonder why. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying that, well, he, ha- he, has, he has choices. That isn't the case with other sports. Let's get to Brandon here, voice of the Canucks on Sportsnet uh, 650, as the Canucks win just two of seven games on that important, that crucial homestand. Brandon, thanks for doing this. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. What did that Detroit loss do to the Vancouver Canucks? 
Yeah, it really seems to, you know, have crippled them here for the rest of the homestand. You look at uh, another tough start against the Red Wings, and then they carry that through with tough starts to conclude the final two games of the homestand against the Flames and the Sabres. And now we're talking about a team that's lost three games in a row, that's lost ground in the playoff race, only has 18 games left in the season. And uh, as we sit here now, what, about 90 minutes, a little bit less away from the trade deadline, it'll be interesting to see if they move any bigger pieces out as a result of some of the losses here that have really put a serious dent in their playoff hopes, which, to be honest, it was probably going to be a long shot for them anyways, but they couldn't afford to lose three in a row, and it's a tough way to conclude what you know was a homestand coming into it that people were excited about with the potential opportunity for this team, and it j- just hasn't panned out for them, has it? No, it hasn't, Brandon. And I heard you on 650 uh, this morning. Everybody's asking this question of everybody, but how do you explain the slow starts? Yeah, it's hard to explain. And, you know, you can talk about the Canucks needing to improve their roster. You can talk about them needing to be a faster team. And those are fair criticisms. But, you know, if you're a team that's down low in the standings or out of the playoff picture if you don't have speed in your lineup the things you can control are the way you prepare for games and your work ethic and that seems to be an issue with this group which is very concerning not just for the short term trying to make a playoff push this year but for the long term in in terms of the pieces you have in this locker room needing to lead and needing to make sure that the team is ready for the drop of the puck. And that was a culture that we saw in the past set by Daniel and Henrik Sedin and other players like them. And I don't think there's any coincidence that the last two members of the 2011 team, Chris Tanev and Alex Edler leave in the last couple of years. And this suddenly becomes an issue for them. Uh, Batch, you're around the team more than anybody else. Demko, I, I think his last day off was January 1st. If you know, I, I got to double, triple check that. But do you see a tired goaltender? I'm starting to now, and they've been giving him practice days off. But, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that they went with him on the back-to-back speaks to yeah. how much they need him right now, uh, or at least how much they felt they needed him at the end of this homestand to try and pick up some wins and stay in the playoff race. Uh, he's played more games this season than he's played at any level Prior to this, uh, it was bound to happen that he would get tired at some point. So they've got a couple of days between games now where, uh, you know, we'll see what they decide to do with the back-to-back coming up this week. But, uh, you know, he still, as much as he's a top-five goaltender in the league, you still have to learn how to be that guy for 50-plus games, potentially 60-plus games. Uh, and that's something that, that Demko's going through right now that hopefully he'll be better for in seasons to come when they want to seriously mount a playoff push. I, I know he shot down any uh, controversy, uh, Batch, but what did you make of uh, Bruce Boudreaux's conversation, public conversation with Yaroslav Halak on Saturday? Well, I can understand Boudreaux, you know, wanting to downplay it, but I think it's clear that they've got a frustrated backup goaltender here, Uh, He was brought in as a veteran guy to compliment Demko. It's possible that there were promises made to him about how many games he was going to play, what sort of role he was going to play. And certainly I'm sure that hasn't happened. Uh, There's been, you know, a management change and a head coaching change too. So if there were any promises made to Halak, 
Uh, the guys that made those promises probably aren't here anymore. So I'm sure he's very frustrated. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he would be open to a move today, if the Canucks can find one for him. The question is, will they be able to after the way he's played here a little bit of late? But you have to feel for Halak to a certain extent as well, because he gave them a number of good starts early in the season, and they just didn't provide him any run support. You uh, are a hockey player, uh, Brendan. What have the Canucks got uh, in Travis Dermott, a defenseman, left-handed defenseman, who's likely going to play on the right side? Yeah, you know, nice flexibility that they can play him on either side. So uh, he can be a right shot guy, but, you know, if they're able to shore up that side of the blue line, then they can move him over to the left side. He'll provide depth, likely on that third pairing. I wonder if they maybe give him a look with Quinn Hughes, if they're going to play him on the right side here down the stretch Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, He's a mobile defenseman, not going to give you a lot of offense, but he can skate and provide some more mobility to that back end, which I think is, is sorely needed. And they get younger. Uh, the cap hit is less. There's team control for longer. So there's a lot of things to like about Travis Dermott joining this organization, even if, uh, you know, maybe he, he won't be the flashy offensive defenseman that, that some people might like. I think he'll he'll provide a, a solid base level of play for them on the third pairing at the very least. What was that building like on the, on the weekend going back to Thursday it's- even? Well, the whole homestand, it was great. Uh, Whether the fans were the Bruce There It Is chance or getting on the referees, uh, trying to get behind the team. And I thought, you know, going into the game on Saturday against the Flames, it kind of had a big fight feel in the building Mm -hmm. where people understood how important the game was going to be for the Canucks against the Flames. And then, of course, once again, here we are talking about the team having a slow start getting behind the eight ball and the fans, you know, kind of were taken out of the game to a certain extent at that point. But you you get a real sense that people were excited to be back in the building, have been excited to be back in the building at 100% capacity, having important games here late into the month of March in this homestand. And it's just a pity that the team couldn't put forth a a better performance on the ice because the fans have been great. Brandon, fabulous uh, as always. And uh, we appreciate this. We'll be uh, listening to you on 650 as always. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. You Have bet. a good one. Brendan Batchelor, uh, voice of the Canucks on Sportsnet uh, 650. He's a good hockey player. He, 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 great guy. Uh, yeah, I love Brendan. Uh, go back. <laughs> we go way back. And he was the, he was the mm. Vancouver Giants uh, play-by-play. He did a wonderful job with the Giants. Uh, the fact that— Just like you. Just listen. Well, I you did used the to first, be the Vancouver uh, Giants uh, play-by-play. Billy Wilms and myself, first-ever game at the Coliseum Kamloops. Uh, it was a great Friday night. It was packed. It I remember seeing you there. Yeah, you were there. You and I, I knew you back then. Can I finish? I'm going to lose my thought. Hey, the fact that uh, the Canucks didn't sit any players out last night mm-hmm. is a very good indicator. They were not very close. People are asking, why is this so quiet in the Canucks camp? Well, to orchestrate a trade for a Besser or a Garland doesn't happen in, in multiple minutes. It happens over the course of a long time. The fact they didn't sit anyone last night is a very clear indication that possibly a, a top six guy isn't going to be moved today. And now we're running out of time. We're, we're just an hour and 15. So just keep an yeah. eye on that one, Donnie. And, and again, a trade can be made before the deadline, yep. but not announced until after the deadline. And again, that's why we're doing a three-hour yep. uh, show today. Um, I had a good one here. Oh, there you go. Um, no, I, I, I don't. I, I have but one. So, no, some people are making the point, and this has been made by more than one person, and this is away from the trade deadline, and I apologize for that, folks. But people making the point, uh, again, not just one person, that, you know, over in England, your superstars have bodyguards, right? So uh, well, I, I'm, I'm not, thinking it's a little tougher over there for players 
than it is for NHL players yes, in Vancouver or Calgary. Or, I can imagine you know. uh, soccer Twitter in uh, England would be crazy. Yeah. Like Canucks Twitter sometimes. Okay. Nothing happening right now? Nothing breaking? Nope. What do you got? No, anything? Nothing quiet. Okay. I can't manufacture. I can't make it up. It is very quiet. Uh, I'll tell you who can uh, manufacture things. Uh, make something out of nothing. Big ride, the Twitter guy. He's next. Donnie and Dolly, the team on check. The one significant trade that we've heard about today, again, deadline coming up in just over a, an hour, is Marc-Andre Fleury going from the Chicago Blackhawks Minnesota. Uh, to the Minnesota a while for a conditional second-round draft pick. If uh, the Wild get to the Western Conference Final then. and Marc-Andre Fleury uh, wins four of the games leading up to that Western Conference Final, that second-round pick becomes a first-round uh, pick, keeping in mind it, well, it's a tough go with the playoffs no matter what, but it'll be tough for uh, Minnesota. I believe their first-round uh, first matchup right now would be St. Louis. Right. So keep that in mind. Colorado could get in the way as well. Big Rye. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, first of all, a reminder to you okay. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we haven't heard from you yet today. Uh, yeah, yeah. You two are the professionals, man. I'm just sitting back, staying calm, not yelling. Loosely. Uh, a reminder, if you're just about to head out the door, you can catch the show on a variety of different apps. The Check Plus app is one that has both audio and video streaming on it. But we can also, you can listen to the show, exclusively listen to the show if you don't want to view it, uh, on the uh, MyTuner Simple Radio Tune in or Check Plus app. Any of those apps, dial up Donnie and Dolly. You can listen to the show in your car, yes. just like as if we were on a, 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 a mode to listen. Wow. Uh, that was my way of saying radio without saying oh. radio. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, how about this? A couple of statistics around trade deadline day I wanted to get to, guys. Courtesy Sportsnet stats. And one from the NHL as well. But first, Sportsnet stats. Since their inception in 1970. The Canucks have made 66 trades on trade deadline day, tied with the Penguins wow. for the most transactions. Wow. wow. So how about that? Didn't know that. And you got to imagine the reason why the Penguins are so high in that conversation is because of now the Vancouver Canucks president of hockey operations. Uh, and speaking about... Jim Rutherford made, made a, like the Kessel deal uh, was made offseason versus right. deadline, the deadline day. I believe, from my research... My crack research team, which consists of me and my dog, um, I believe Rutherford made most of his big moves um, in places other than just before the trade deadline. Well, isn't Rutherford also known for the guy that kind of traded two weeks out? Yeah. Three weeks out? Yeah. You know, like I wonder if you start to factor that in, how high, or how, how high is that number? Well, you know, you know it, it ended up being like a trade a month that yeah. it averaged out well, to be. Going for, going, for, going for Stanley Cups. Yeah. But what's interesting there is that the Canucks have made the same amount of deals since 1970 as the Penguins. And I guess you could say the Canucks have, at times, gone for Stanley Cups. We know the three times they went to the Stanley Cup final. Yep. You're talking about the same amount of trades as a team that has won it. Exactly. A yeah. few times, five times. Uh, here's another stat, another factoid for you. Jim Rutherford has made 29 deals in 25 career NHL trade deadline. Well, that just blows away what I just said there. <laughs> No, no, because that's still not that. I mean, well, could, could include Carolina as well. It could include, yeah, it could include. Well, it Carolina. would include Carolina. It, it, it would, but I mean, again, you, there, that number would be a lot higher if you start to back up the timeline, right? Two weeks out of the deadline, three weeks out of okay. the deadline, right? right? He did a lot of those trades, not specifically on the day. That's you still know, quite a few. You know but. what's good about today 
is that, you know, no matter what I say or you say, hmm. nobody's going to be as wrong as Dollywall was in the previous <laughs> segment or two segments ago about playing hockey being more difficult from a media point of view as in English the Canadian soccer. market. You're well, taking the biggest L well, on this. Well, first of all, the I inbox we, ripping you. Don't pretend you live in Liverpool or Arsenal or whatever it is there. Don't pretend you know what those guys are. <laughs> you don't live in Arsenal. Arsenal's not a town. Yeah. No, it's a soccer team. Well, it's in London, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, in London. It is, don't pretend. Not, yeah, but don't pretend you know that. I do know. How do you know? What are no, you talking not Arsenal. about? I do know what players go through in Canadian markets because I have people tell me. You know what? My guy's not happy with this, 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 uh, or okay, that. Okay. So I do yes. have a little yes. bit of a say. But, yes, but the whole point was... If you're a Yankee in New York, yeah. you got it worse. A player on Man U. If you're a player in Manchester United, you've got it worse. And Donnie makes the point. In soccer, you've got to go way down in terms of a tier to not get the attention. Even the lower-level teams are getting a ton of attention. In the NHL, if you go to a lower-level team, they're saying, Who? I'm sorry, you you play what? Yeah, you can go to the mall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, talk, talk, we'll talk to Troy Stetcher in Detroit. Right. Like, you know, like he moved into a neighborhood. Murph talked about this the other day, the guy that you ripped uh, earlier. <laughs> but he was in a neighborhood where no hockey players were living. Nobody knew uh, who he was. So, and, and when it comes to soccer players, Rick, I know. You know why? I watched Ted Lasso. And that oh, tells you there you go. Right now there. I knew tells it. you all you need to know right there. You become yeah. an expert on the matter right yes. there. Uh, okay, one other uh, uh, factoid for trade deadline day, courtesy Josh Clipperton from the Canadian Press, and this is from the NHL. Seven, 1,100 players oh my traded on trade deadline day since 1980, okay? Wow. If the official number is 1,177 if you're listening on the podcast. 26 have gone on to win the Cup that year. Barkley Goudreau, which everybody raved about that move, was the last to do it in 2020 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's all the talk, right, about the best, some of the best deals you ever make and the deals you don't do. And it, 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 it ends up being so true. And I mean, that's backed up right there, right? How many of these rosters? I, we, we were watching Sportsnet before the show, and they were talking about the Flames. Like, do the Flames need to do anything today? They did a move, right? They did yeah, they to, got Foley, to Foley. Right, so that was their deadline splash, I guess you could say. But you wonder if that'll be they'll be better off, or even Colorado. They'd but yeah, I think now you have to, like you just talked about it uh, extensively. You have to back it up a few weeks. You have to back it up right. for sure, for absolutely. Even at the midway point point of the season. The other thing with making a deadline day deal, uh, if you're a Stanley Cup contender, I think there's a thought out there that you have to do something in order to let. I know a lot of the, you know people don't like hearing this phrase, but in the room, you, you yes. need to you need to let the boys know that you're trying. Yep. to get them over the hump and get themselves a, a Stanley Cup. Yeah, but you also wonder, though, how many rosters go to their front office and go, you know what, we're good here. But, like, give this group a shot. Don't, don't, don't meddle with it because then that can cause a lot of yeah. harm as well. Yeah, and, I just is, is there enough time for a player to blend in right? Right. Right? And, that, and by the way, and that, that stat right there is also the reason why, to me, I, I was never. I'm still not expecting some massive trade out of the Canucks today. That a Besser, a Miller, even a Garland, maybe Garland, gets moved because I just think your market is so small in terms of teams that want to do that at right now. Whereas the draft or free agency or whatever, yep. you know, again, if a team gets bounced in the first round, maybe a Canadian team on the East Coast, mm -hmm. are they looking to make a bigger? trade right a bigger move and you you have more suitors than you do right now yeah uh, you wonder about desperation though desperation at this time of year 
but how is many extremely though, intense. How many though teams are looking to add like a top six upper echelon forward like a JT Miller for pretty this, much every team in the no, NHL exactly. actually no, for a playoff yeah. run in a couple months. Like, unless you're dealing with a massive injury and you know, like Vegas, for instance, right? You're dealing with some massive injury and you know, okay, we can fill the hole for now. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that happening, right? I just, I think for the most part, you're adding guys. Well, you mentioned Barkley depth. Goudreau. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in Tampa Bay, famous third liner. Yes. Now now with the New York Rangers. Yeah. That whole yeah. third line left. Uh, keep uh, in mind on Garland, though, guys, if the Canucks don't have massive cap issues, his name is not that bantied about. Oh, exactly. Uh, the, the reason he they've identified him and others, Donnie, is, is ways to create cap space. If they had a Although good, his contract is team-friendly, yeah, some they would just, They got him in the summer. They signed him. They're all happy. Everybody in the world was happy, Connor Garland. And it's just the new regime. How do we create cap space? Well, this guy's getting a lot of calls. That's why his name's out uh, I, You know what? Uh, I, they've only got so many players, and, and they're short on these types of players that drive play. Drive J, play. JT Miller is one. Hughes is another. Um, I think, this is my opinion, I don't think I'm alone. Connor Garland drives play. And no, something else. Does anybody he, hustle more than him? Oh, I'm sorry. He does. And Donnie, he, he draws penalties. He, he Because of his shiftiness in, in small areas, his skating, he draws a ton of penalties. And this is where Not things everybody get blurry, does. though, too. If they move on from Connor, there's a portion of Canucks fandom that believes that, oh, if they trade Connor Garland, they don't like the player. Well, no, they might like the player. But again, if you're going to improve this roster, you've got to give something up. You can't like everyone and then, you know, move on from your one bad contract. It's such a fine like, line because you also can't trade everybody because you know what you will have? You will have every game like Saturday night against Calgary. And you you, you can't have oh, that no. for business or for even for your young players that you're trying to rebuild with. I, I, you can't I, lose 9-2 or whatever the score was the other day. Yeah, other no, day. I agree with you. Uh, very quickly, the two most recent trades in the NHL. Brett Kulak is heading to the Oilers. Uh, for former s- Vancouver Giant. For a second-round pick in William Legison. Uh, that's going to Montreal. And uh, Nick Letty is on his way to St. Louis uh, oh from Detroit. That uh, trade just came down as well. We don't have the details on the trade yet. And we should mention one other trade, not in the NHL, but it's come down moments ago if you want to know about this sort of thing. Matt Ryan. Atlanta Falcons quarterback yeah. is heading off to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a third-round draft pick in 2022. Uh, he was due a roster bonus today at one o'clock it was our seven, time, between so. seven and eight million dollars. Yeah, so it was which NFL-wise in that world seems low, but obviously they're moving on. Does that mean what for the Falcons? Uh, well, I saw uh, uh, Mike Garofolo tweeting that he could see Marcus Mariota going okay. to Atlanta. Atlanta's kind of in that. Transition phase? You, 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 well, they've got a good roster. I mean, they were in the running for Deshaun Watson, but you wonder where they're at in terms of – and then again, they're in the NFC, so anything's possible in yeah. the NFC. As another quarterback goes to the AFC. Oh, that's a good point. Just crazy My what's gosh. happening in the NFL yeah. with the AFC. Just, uh, just, just – are you got another point? No, no, go. Anything, Rick? Uh No. It's very quiet. Well, what are you doing over there? Playing well, solitaire? I'm playing checkers. No, but it's quiet. I'm telling you right now, and Canucks camp is quiet, but we know it can explode in any second. You know that, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we have time, if things uh, continue to be slow, we'll run down uh, Canuck deadline deals uh, through the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then recite War and Peace yeah. right after. No, we'll go over the Jim Sandlack and Cam Neely trades. Well, we had a we had a good. No, we want to keep viewers, but on we had a good discussion in the break about the the biggest trade after the deadline by the Canucks. 
a recent trade that oh, happened you brought afternoon. Okay, well, let, you can let, save it for the 11 yeah. o'clock hour. We'll Go. talk about that in a bit. Kevin Woodley's going to join you guys next. The, the talk around the Vancouver Canucks goaltending situation goes on, especially what happened on the weekend with the lack. We'll talk to Woodley about, uh, does he believe that Demko's tired? We'll talk to him about that and much more. Again, we're on until 1 o'clock today. We will have the entire Vancouver Canucks situation covered when it comes to the trade deadline. It's Donnie and Dolly, the team on check. Able Auction specializes in helping British Columbia-based business owners close their business and sell their assets in a timely, orderly manner. Online events for everything from machine shop and manufacturing auctions to industrial equipment, retail inventories, or any other type of business assets, Able Auctions can help. For a free confidential consultation on getting your business assets sold, please email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. We've got a Canuck move to tell you about uh, moments away. In the meantime, just ahead of Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and In Goal Magazine, all of our guests today, including Kevin, standing by, are sponsored by Bassant Motors. It's March Mayhem this month at Bassant. Score yourself a great deal on a new-to-you vehicle. Learn more at BASANTMotors.com. It's not a trade, but the Canucks have uh, made a move an hour or so away from trade deadline. Yeah, Brad Richardson has been claimed off of waivers uh, by the Vancouver Canucks, so that you can read two things into this. That maybe Tyler Mott's days are, are done in Vancouver. You could read it. We're, we're just, it's early. And the other one, Donnie, mm-hmm. is that if you are going to trade Mott, it makes you wonder that a draft pick would be coming back the other way and not a player because you're going to take on Brad Richardson, a former Canuck. Did Richardson not score four goals against the Canucks in one game? Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think that game was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But there you go. It's, uh, this might be an indicator, folks, that uh, Tyler Mott's down in Vancouver. Now, the other thing that Patrick Johnson is uh, 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 talking about right now, PJ just tweeted, claiming Richardson lets Canucks send Patan and Rempel to AHL for playoff purposes. Right. This could be a little bit of a shakedown that way as well. Uh, 27 games in Calgary uh, for Brad. Uh, two goals, two assists, four points. He is uh, 37 years old. 37. Second go around with the uh, Canucks, joining the yeah. likes of Harold Sneps, Jeff Sanderson, and other Trevor Linden players that have had two go arounds uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Yep. Well, I'll find out his uniform number for you, uh, Rich, as soon as I can. I'll get right on that. A hard-working guy, Donnie, and I know when he left Vancouver, uh, very well-respected in the dressing room and just a, a, a really good bottom six guy. Stanley Cup champion with the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, join now to talk uh, Canuck goaltending and other matters, if we can fit them in. From NHL.com and In Goal Magazine, it's Kevin Woodley. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are we doing, boys? Uh, yeah, you got a move to talk about, Ricky. There you go. Looking good, by the way. Damn! Did well, you I get knew, like, coming on with two professionals like yourselves? <laughs> I knew I had to, I had to up my game here. Uh, I'm, oh. you know, I, neither one of you would ever wear, you know, jeans to a wedding or anything like that. I had to make sure uh, <laughs> that I was prepared and ready to go. Uh, the question, of course, which I'm not going to answer, is whether I have any pants on underneath here. But Ooh. look good from the waist up, boys. Yeah, don't stand up, Kevin. We're we're good. Hey, listen, uh, Kevin, um, what are you seeing from Thatcher Demko right now? All sorts of talk that uh, he may be overworked. I mean, there's I mean, there's obviously signs at times a little bit of fatigue, and yet I think what I'm seeing is a goaltender who's just, for the most part, under siege, right? Like, 
Um, even the other night, you could you could question against the Flames. Maybe the first goal goes through him. He doesn't sort of get into his low stance early. He's kind of still in an elevated position um, as that shot is released and he gets caught in transition. Is that a mistake he makes earlier in the season? Maybe not. But also, like in that game, what do you face? Two, three, two on O's. Um, like just especially early in games, just under siege. And I think as much as the wear and tear of a season and the number of games he's played, that was 18 straight appearances, eight straight starts, nine and 19 last night. Um, you know, I think it's just even within the games, like there's so much work. They lean so heavily on their goaltender that within game, uh, that workload can pile up. So uh, it's interesting. You know, I did run the numbers because this narrative has kind of popped up over the past couple of weeks. And you know, the adjusted statistics have fallen off a little bit. Um, but he's still performing at a top 10 level in the National Hockey League. So Thatcher, Demko, it is B or A minus game. is still a goaltender that uh, a lot of teams around the league would love to have in their net. Okay, Kevin, uh, tell, tell me this. A- answer me this. You're in a playoff push. Every game is so important. You've got a horse like Thatcher Demko. H- how do you deal with the temptation to play him every single game? Well, I mean, I think you saw over the last three and four, um, they just did, right? Like, they just played him every single game. And I Would, think would you do that? And, uh, you, you know what? Um, given the options and given where they're at, like the must-win scenario, um, yeah, I, I, I think I would. Like, the problem here is they clearly have lost a little faith in Yaroslav Halak as an option. And some of that's their own doing. Like, this is... Like this isn't, and Bruce Boudreau said it the other day, this isn't a no faith in Halak thing so much as we need the level that Thatcher Demko gives us to have a chance. And this is kind of the argument I've been making all season. Like if you need Vesna trophy level goaltending every night to have a chance, that's, that's probably not the sign of a great team. And so um, because they needed it, because Demko was so good in December, they just kept going to him. And as they did that, they started to lose Yaroslav Halak, who has been one of the best 1Bs in the league for the last number of years. But guys, like 1B, not pure backup. Yaroslav Halak is a guy who has had a lot of success. Like He's got a 916 career save percentage. We're about to put Roberto Luongo in the Hall of Fame with a 919. Like This guy has played at a high level for a long time but he's never played fewer games. Like the last time he played this few games was 2013. It was also the last time he had a save percentage sub 900. So as those gaps and starts piled up, you started to lose the best of Yaroslav Halak. And now we get to this point, he has a couple of starts and the decision just gets that much tougher because A, you need Vesna caliber goaltending and that's what Demko gives you. But B, Halak's kind of, he has, he, he, he's sort of lost his game over the past couple of months, or he's not at the level he was giving you early in the season, in part because you haven't used him enough. It's a, it's a real catch 22. Okay. Uh, two things. Uh, is Halak going to wave today if he's asked? That's one. And two, what did you think of the Halak incident with uh, Boudreaux on the bench uh, after the second period against the Flames Saturday? Well, I, I think that Yaroslav would uh, have, I, I think he would have waved for a while now, to be honest with you, Rick. And I know that, that that's not necessarily the conversation that's come from his representation. And listen, like that's his last, I understand that like that's sort of his last negotiating tool, right? Is that no move clause. And so you hold on to that as long as you can. But I believe that Yaroslav Halak has wanted an opportunity to play for a while. Um, and he's not going to get that here. And so I think for quite some time, he would have been willing to waive that no move. Now, the fact he has a no move, maybe that lets him be a little pickier with his destination. I think the reality is the teams that need depth in goal are, for the most part, that look at him as an option, You know, especially if you have a little less faith in your number one or if you've got some injury concerns. Like, Yarrow has 
it may not be, he's a guy that it's, it's about not, you get a start every two weeks. Yar's a guy that can give you two great weeks. Like he's not at his best if it's every two weeks playing, but if you need him for two straight, like he's able to get to that high level. The problem is the teams that have that need are also teams that are up against the cap and have salary cap problems and aren't going to want to take on that whole ticket. And so um, that becomes a tougher negotiation. I think one that requires a deadline to have a chance to maybe happen. I'm, I'm still not optimistic it'll happen. Yaroslav is. I, th- I think, you know, with an hour left to go, he's still holding out hope that there's a trade to come here. Um, and again, to me, Rick, that's a sign for sure that this is a guy uh, who's more than willing to move on, uh, probably would welcome uh, a change of scenery, especially if it's an option to play more. And I think that's what you saw going back to Saturday night was maybe a little bit of that frustration about the fact that he's still here uh, and in this situation, spilling over um, probably more publicly than anyone would have liked. What can the Canucks do off goaltending for a second, Kevin? What can the Canucks do about slow starts? Uh, well, I mean, there's a, you know, Bruce has joked about psychologists and all that. Yeah. I mean, the easy answer is uh, build a better team. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, there's an element here of, listen, the Calgary Flames one I'm willing to grant you. Like talking to the Flames after the game there, like Matthew Kachuk and, and some of the players, like they were so fired up for that game. Not only did they come off a one nothing loss to the Buffalo Sabres the night before, but they had that 7-1 shellacking yeah. fresh yeah. in their minds. They were all thinking about it. They were like, you know, like they, they were like shot out of a cannon in that game. And so the Canucks didn't have an answer. But some of the other ones, teams coming in here tired, Tampa Bay, when you, when you knew they'd only have a good 10 minutes, you didn't have an answer. I just think that against some of the better teams, when they come out with a really good push, this team isn't good enough to match that. Um, yeah, maybe some of it's psychological. Maybe some of it speaks to, you know, some of the personalities um, in terms of dipping their toes into the water too often this season before they really get revved up late. But I think at the end of the day, some of it just comes down to when other teams give you their best early in a game, the Canucks aren't good enough to match that. Okay, and one, one more, Kevin, before we let you go. I, I'm, I may have been dreaming, but I thought I heard you uh, say this as Alex Ovechkin gets himself another 40-goal season. Did I hear you say that Alex Ovechkin has the ability to bend shots to throw a curveball? Ovi's got a curveball for sure. I don't know about the ability to throw it. Like I don't know if he knows when it's coming every okay. time. But you, we've all seen that little toe hook at the end of yep. his stick. Uh, and, and it's been years since I wrote this story, but it was I think it was when he was around chasing 600. I started talking to goaltenders about it based on the goalie coach and Braden Holpe in Washington telling me that it actually curves. And so when he catches that one tee with an element of that, that on a part mm-hmm. of it on the toe there, if you're a goaltender moving to your right, always in his spot, and he it. It's kind of it's like it's like the breaking ball on the uh, on the right-handed hitter. So on the glove side, it looks like it's going wide and it's got a little curve. And you'll see a lot of times, even Demko here, what the one that went off the post, hit him, and then lay on the goal line before yeah. Kuznetsov knocked it in. You're moving to your right, and you feel like it's coming right at your blocker, and it's sort of breaking down and away. So I don't know that it's purposeful, but I've talked to a lot of goaltenders about this, and Ov, yes, he's hammering it. He rarely misses the net, and when he gets it with a piece of that toe hook, it actually curves. Brian Miller was another guy that confirmed that, a guy that saw him hmm. a lot. So as hard as that shot is, as accurate as it is, it's also moving on you. Not an easy task for a goaltender. Probably an answer to the question of why everyone knows it's coming and nobody can stop it. Well, the legend grows. And uh, I'll tell you this, Ovi, uh, what a hockey player, a little controversy uh, uh, lately. Uh, he can't rock a suit like you. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, Kevin. We, we appreciate this. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Uh, you bet. Uh, again, and we thank uh, Kevin yes. Woodley from the NHL.com. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Ingle uh, Magazine, Canucks making a move today after the two moves yesterday, claiming Brad Richardson off uh, waivers from the Calgary Flames as Brad returns to the Vancouver Canucks at the age of uh, 37. And, uh, Rick, for people just tuning in, yep. this move and the ramifications for the rest of the roster. Yep. So it could be, uh, as uh, Patrick Johnson said, to get some guys like uh, Patan and Rempel back to the American League Abbey Canucks. Could it be a possible move for insurance if Tyler Mott's moved in the next 44 minutes? Uh, a lot of things at play here. I Mott still in play. I'm not being told that Mott... Uh, is 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 not still negotiating. I get a feeling uh, they're hoping and trying to to get a deal done. And could we get that news today? That you would have to get it in the next forty four minutes. All I'm saying is, as I said at the beginning of the show, for one, yeah, yeah. Mott loves it in Vancouver, um, and you know what, the Canucks love him. But there has to make a number. It has to be a number that works for both sides. I'm just wondering the fact he hasn't been traded, and I'm, I'm hearing quietness out of the Mott camp, tells me they're probably still plugging away uh, and trying to get something done. Uh, poll question. We'll update that uh, next and update you on any deals that take place in the National Hockey League as we are 23, 24 minutes away from the NHL trade deadline. Of course, news could break uh, afternoon, which is why we're going till 1 o'clock uh, today. Poll question next and whatever else we can fit in. Donnie and Dolly, the team, on check. Donnie and Dolly, the team is supported by ableauctions.ca. Closing your business, we can help. You would not believe the conversation <laughs> we just had. Okay, just ahead of an update of the trade deadline-related poll question. You wanted to clarify something regarding Tyler okay. Mott. Yeah, he is a UFA, and the Canucks could uh, sign him anytime up to July 1st, but they would like an indicator before noon today if we're far apart or we're close. If you're far apart, then you can move the guy. But if you think you're around the vicinity with Mott and you can close the gap in a, in a few weeks or a few months, but that's what I meant. Um because some people thought you said they have to uh, sign him yeah. before noon, and that's not. I, I I just get the sense that they're still working uh, hard to try and keep Mott here. And again, just if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then they're going to have to move him. Yeah. Well, everybody in town knows they need speed, and there, there's a guy with uh, w- with some wheels, fastest guy. But by the way, I, I, is it just me? This is early. But has Matthew Highmore not been one of the best Canucks over the last few weeks? Yes, he's another one. Speaking of, uh, well, speaking of somebody with wheels. That whole line in Lamico. I, uh, Again, I know we're not talking about somebody who drives play or anything, but in terms of actually being fast, which they don't have a lot of, well, he's been pretty good. It's the fourth, best fourth line they've had in years, Donnie. Remember the, uh, the old fourth line that was $12 million? It's not $12 million anymore. Pull. Uh, Ryan. Uh, get it get up. up. Get it up. Uh, so which annual NH event, uh, NHL event do you look forward to the most? Trade deadline day, uh, day one of the NHL draft, or day one of free agency, 1,500 votes. Uh, day one of the NHL draft wins at 42%. And I had my theory earlier because of the visuals involved. Yeah. That's why everybody, yeah. not everybody, but the majority of people like the NHL uh, draft. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah. For me, it's uh, NHL free agency. That's well, fun for you. Yeah, uh, that's my Christmas. There's a lot of responses, though, replies to the poll, mm-hmm. yep. talking about how I was a Canucks fan. Day one of free agency. Hasn't been a great day over the last no, uh, decade. No, I'm surprised so. it's that high. Exactly. I'm surprised it's exactly. that high. Are we doing the uh, 
draft lottery simulator uh, anytime soon? I mean, ooh, they're not out of it. They're four, not out of it. Four Stop points it. out. They're out right. of it. They're out of it. They're out of it. Left. They're out of it. Come on now. If like I, I, I saw this last night. Oh, oh, they've got games against guys. Come on, man. They've got games against two. Their schedule for the next seven games is tough. The Central Division road trip starting Wednesday against the number one team in the National Hockey League down there in, in Colorado. It's difficult. Yeah, well, and it's like, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what more you got. And, hey, if you want to be an optimist and you want to wait until the end, wait until the end. That's fine. But I'm sorry. If you're getting tripped up against teams like the Detroit Red Wings. and That, Buffalo, that was the killer. And you the can Buffalo, talk all you want about Calgary and Buffalo. And the Buffalo that, Sabres. Yeah, that but game the, killed but you, you, and It shouldn't I, be that way. You are right, Donnie. But I think the concerning part is... Remove the teams, the storyline and the movie is the same. They slow start kills them. They're outshot big time early. They, there's a, they give up a goal early. Demko's even if they don't even give up a goal, Demko's okay. under siege early. For, for, it's forget the all same that. Same thing over you, you, and over. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely. We know right. all that. Stuff. And I talk about the lack of speed. But at what point during those three games? At any point, did you say to yourself, that's a team that's playing with urgency? Urgency. Because that's what this, this time of year is all about for a team in their position. Yeah. That, that team wants it. Look wants at them. Out there. They really, really want it. You know when I thought they played well? They previously well, had. Or, 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 which they had, they had that element earlier. I thought they were actually pretty good. I mean, the game was over. But start of the second period against Calgary. That was the, maybe yes. the one time over the uh, three games where I thought, I mean, they were down 3 nothing. I think, at, at the time, where I thought to myself, well, it looks like you know, they, maybe they could do something here. It's probably too late, but at least there's some intensity, some urgency uh, there. I, I didn't see much of that over the, the course of these three really important games. Yeah. Where is that? How easily did the Flames keep going into the Vancouver zone on Saturday? It was just a wave after wave. Well, the first period was ridiculous. Wave after wave of Flames just at ease, crossing the blue line. It's just... Uh, but I saw iMac tweet about this, and I think he's bang on. Like, we talk a lot about Demko looking tired. Doesn't it just kind of feel like the whole team looks like they've hit a wall? Well, again, I, I, I think they, because kind of, of that Detroit game. I think it just... Ryan, why? They, yeah, you had, they had a bad game, and it destroyed them. And if you've got any type of character, that shouldn't be the case. Yes, you lost that game. It was an embarrassing loss. That is the second-worst defensive team in the NHL at the time, and they shut you yeah. out. Yep. But it just seems and, like and, and, okay, that's going to happen. But how do you respond? We saw it on the weekend. It just it just seems like you know they've been sprinting basically since Boudreau got here, and you wonder if it's just smoke and mirrors. It, well, no, you just that eventually runs out, and you start to see the settle of what this actu- this hockey team yeah. actually is. And, and, and maybe that's maybe that's happened, a positive, right? Like, right? Hey, all the power to them. They got even close. To the, to the playoff conversation, and Vegas being Vegas helped them out in that scenario. But you got to give them credit as well. They, they got to where they got to. Yeah. But I think you just saw, and maybe it was the Red Wing game, it just broke the whole thing. And, just, and, and I'm sure you, that shouldn't be the case. You had a bad be. night. You should not have lost that game. You certainly shouldn't have got, uh, gotten shut out, but you can't let that d- d- yeah. destroy you. Uh, one big trade today, and, and Derek, you want to show this board here. One big trade today, and that's Mark andre Fleury yeah. going from uh, the Chicago Blackhawks to uh, uh, Minnesota. It's the third trade uh, listed here. But notable trades uh, leading up uh, to today, the deadline. Claude Giroux and Ben uh, Sherratt go to uh, Florida, 
and we know the situation with Aaron Eckblad, so they really need Ben Sherratt there. And I just can't imagine how inspired Claude Giroux must uh, oh. be after all that time in, in Philadelphia. And now he has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. They are, I'm stating the obvious here, a very good hockey club. Mark Giordano uh, goes to Toronto. Did he go to the Leafs? Yep. He did. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, this is the only show on television. Man. Like, I think if you turn into like a, tune into like an afternoon soap opera, they are covering the Giordano trade uh, to the least. But it has a relationship a to the Canucks because, obviously, uh, they had to make room and off goes Dermot You didn't know Giordano went to the least? Stop it. I'm kidding. Okay. Anyways. Are you with us here? Yeah, I know today's I'm a bit. I know. And so I'm, I'm going to cut you map. some slack. But I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. You've had a tough day. I've, I, 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 I've had a tough day. <laughs> And the fact that it's so quiet in the Canucks camp, and things could explode. I, I do want to say this. Uh, somebody just uh, tweeted. I can't wait uh, for Dolly this. Wall says uh, Mott's going to stay here. Stop. Stop. I'm getting a spite. What is it called? Spidey senses? Yeah. What is They're it tingling. Called? Yeah. Uh, just spidey senses. That they're <laughs> they also. Don't stand up. <laughs> uh, they're also, on the one hand, is it is web? very obvious Tyler Mott could be traded today. But on the other hand, as I said last he night. He might not. He might not. Oh, hold on one second. Oh, whoa. Whoa. thanks for that. Rich. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. I I think they're also work f- trying to find a way to keep him here, but uh, he he could be gone as well. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean because you do this so uh, well. And today it's been a little bit dead. A backup with the dead. board. It's uh, quiet, uh, Derek. If you don't get mind, get the board up. Yeah, Ryan, get it up. It's not well, me. It's not it's, Ryan. It's, it's, Derek. it's Derek. Derek, so, get uh, it up. The other significant player moves, and we're not going to show all the details here, but Nick Paul, is that a player Ottawa gave up on? I, I, whenever I watch their games, and I know it has a lot to do with his size, but, man, I noticed him. He's going to fit in, in so well in Tampa Bay. And Brandon Hagel, a real fine uh, player for the Chicago Blackhawks, goes to Tampa Bay as well. And then look who goes to Boston, Rick. Look at that. Who is it that's going to Boston? Uh, Hampus uh, Lindholm. Or you referred to him one day, Limpus Handholm. Limpus uh, Handholm. Anyways, Hampus mm. Lindholm, uh, he said, if, did, you, did you hear what he said on the weekend? I had more money in Anaheim, but less term. He went there for the term and uh, less money. Yeah, Very so he gets, he gets traded to Boston and signs an eight-year deal uh, with the Bruins after some pretty good service. With the Anaheim Ducks. We're going to do DTMZ today. We've got time? Uh, birthdays. I want to do birthdays. Okay. Uh, uh, let's do big. that. By the way, you say Nick Paul, the Sens giving up on him, UFA. Okay. But they yeah. didn't want to hey, hold it. They didn't want to, because uh, Nick Paul's good agent point. is a good pal of mine. They, they didn't want to overpay for a, a, a bottom six guy. And this is what people in Vancouver are saying. No, Don't the overpay. Sens didn't want it, right? Yeah, yeah Sens yeah, didn't yeah. want See, so. Good point. Good yeah. point. Maybe Logan Paul. We'll play for the Senators uh, now. Jake, too. Sp- speaking yeah. of DTMZ. Okay, uh, yeah, well, we have some time for DTMZ. If something happens, we'll break into it with an NHL trade, an NHL transaction. Again, Brad Richardson uh, claimed off waivers by the Canucks, so he's back as a Canuck uh, from the uh, Calgary Flames, and you know about the deal uh, yesterday. Travis Dermott joining the Canucks uh, from the Leafs. DTMZ is next. Donnie and Dolly, the team, on check. It's 11.35 on a Monday morning. Donnie and Dolly on Check TV. Now time for DTMZ. Brought to you by the world-famous Whistler Golf Club. Go see Big Al out there. Great track, great track. DTMZ brought to you by the Arnold Palmer Design Whistler Golf Club. Check out the club's spring preparations on Instagram. 
at Worcester Golf, then all capitals, then book your 2022 tee times online. Now, it, is that Travis Dermott? <laughs> online now at WorcesterGolf.com. Opening day is May 6th. Travis Dermott is a Canuck. Brad Richardson is a Canuck. Again, I mentioned the list of Canucks that have returned for a second go-around. We had one. Do we have Ooh. the name of the gentleman in our Delaney's OK Tyron Langley uh, inbox? Uh, he mentioned Peter Schaefer. Yeah, I, was, I believe it was well, Joseph in Port Moody. Hey, what, you, about, you, uh, what about Jeff Sanderson from the UConn? Yeah, that was he, the first he, name I mentioned. He, he came yeah. back and forth. He was yeah. a good, fast guy. His kids uh, got drafted high in the draft. Yeah, defenseman. Yeah. Somebody uh, else said Jim Sandlack. Did you mention him? Yeah. No, I didn't. Sound like See, this is why the, uh, this, we call on uh, our great listeners, listeners and viewers. And viewers. so good. Well, yeah. hey, if you want to include PTOs, I think Brendan Morrison's in that yeah. camp. Okay. I think he... Okay, I get the idea that I didn't get them all the first no, time No, no, we're just trying to add to the conversation. <laughs> and the Canucks just made that news official, by the way. Brad Richardson claimed off waivers from the Calgary Flames. It's about time the Canucks got a, a flame back. They're taking nice. all the Canucks in Calgary. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, okay but thanks. if you want to go back in history, As one of the best Canuck deals ever getting Paul Reinhardt. Paul Reinhardt was uh, ab Donnie nailed it. He was, Reinhardt was so good. Mm. Pardon me? He's one of his favorites. He loves Paul, Paul Reinhardt. Paul Reinhardt is, is, is one of my favorites. He was so smooth. Okay, so um, let me just uh, – I just can't stop watching Mad Men, by the way. I'm just, just about finished season six. It's so good. And I want to get into this L.A. Lakers – well, do you want to mention your movie hot take from the weekend we got into before the show? That's wrong? It's not wrong. King Richard is an okay movie with a brilliant performance. I kind of tuned out a bit. Maybe because I know the story. No. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Our, our, it's, our, a, it's an okay movie. I said, okay, it's a good movie. The performance man, is amazing. Man, are you flip-flopping yet no, again? No, I'm just trying to, you know... Stay away from an argument because I know you get a little too excited and it takes up too much time on a really important day. But it's a good movie with a brilliant performance, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the Oscar, Will Smith, for Best Actor. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen all the Best Actor movies, but uh, I'm sorry. The job he did. Oh, it's just every movie he does. Ali. It is pretty, oh it my is gosh. pretty insane. Concussion. Well, he's just so good. So good. The voice of God, by the way, Derek, sided with me, and he's our resident cinema expert, so. You can be replaced, voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Ryan I, this one. I'll give Ryan see? this one. Okay. See? And, of course, you're reading Will Smith's book. Yeah, just uh, towards the end there, last chapter or two. So I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> it's good. It's because he's lying. That's why. He's got, like, 15 <laughs> chapters to go. Anything on the tr with trade Nothing. front? Nothing. Quiet. Zip. Zilch. None. So we're going to 1 o'clock today, and look, we've been around for a while, okay? Maybe Ryan has it, but myself, Rick, the voice dinosaurs. of God. Dinosaurs. We're dinosaurs. We've been around for a while. So much happens after uh, noon, which is why we're going to uh, 1 o'clock today. If, if nothing happens, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. It might be really interesting, folks. Okay, birthdays. Let's go. We've got 10 of them, and we'll, we'll get into some DTMZ stories later on in the week. We've got 10 birthdays. The line is set at eight by One Shoe Edna. Oh. One Shoe Edna's. <sighs> I didn't know you were you carrying it over. Uh, that's that's my fault. Oh, uh, One Shoe Edna. Ryan, <laughs> uh, she betrayed Sleeping on the job. Line set at eight by One Shoe Edna's Lawnmower Repair. Oh, look at that. And Casino in Mandeville, Louisiana. Courtesy Island Joe. Courtesy Island Joe. We're talking about the, the graphic there. 
Doesn't she look like uh, she's on a football field? Well, you know what's amazing here is, is no, she's on it like a. a I d- just look. It looks like a table. CFL it's a field. poker or table it's a, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I you see. Know. Okay. Craps. Yeah. yeah. Right? right. And look at see see what the lawnmower is cutting, Rick. What money? Money. 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 Casino. Yeah. And again, we uh, uh, <laughs> advise Edna watch out. That barefoot is pretty dangerous around the blade. Here we go. Ten birthdays, line set at eight. Rock and roll. American NHL defenseman, 63-point season with the Leafs in 89-90. 66 with the Capitals, 92-93. Not a <laughs> Okay. Again, I was going to mention the word skullet. How about giving me freaking credit, Ally Frady? I remember we all remember Ally Frady. Picked up on waivers by the Canucks moments ago. <laughs> the first legally hearing-impaired player in NHL history. 6'5", 220-pound D-man who played seven seasons with Winnipeg in the 80s. Not Randy. What do you Not do at the park on a windy Sunday? You've got a string, and it's attached kite, to a... Kite! Jim Kite! Careful. <laughs> NFL's first quarterback of Mexican heritage. First minority head coach to win a Super Bowl. Won two with the Raiders in 81 and 84. T.F. Oh, oh, I know this. Uh, Tom uh, uh, Fried, uh, Friedman. Tom no, Friedman. Fried, no. Got Freddy, got, no, uh, <laughs> Let, let's pass. Let's pass. Okay. Uh, late Brooklyn-born singer-songwriter. Hits include Two Tickets to Paradise, Think oh. I'm in Love, and Baby Hold On. Oh, uh, what was shooting out of the lawnmower? Two, uh, Springfield. Uh, no, uh, Rick Springfield. What uh, was shooting out of two, the lawnmower uh, yeah. there? Um, Eddie Money. Eddie Money. You'll be okay? Yeah. I think you pulled a groin. Co-frontman, along with Rick Davies of Supertramp, composed and sang in a high voice the majority of Supertramp's hits. Nothing? No. We'll pass. Backup dancer who became Britney Spears' second husband and the father of her two sons. Remember this is Super Bowl commercial? So good. Oh, Eminem. No. <laughs> okay. No, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, you Kevin said Super Bowl, Federline. Line, Eminem. Kevin Federline. Oh, Federline. Was yeah, a backup right. dancer for her? Yeah. Was that odd? It's, I just didn't know that. Yeah. It happens. I, yeah, it does. I, We've got backup dancers <laughs> here. Oops. Vikings all-time leader in rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns. Oklahoma. Come on. I don't remember a great uh, running Seahawks this past season. Oh, uh, oh uh, Adrian uh, Peterson. Uh, Peterson. English actor who played villains in True Romance and Air Force One won an Oscar for playing Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour. Great actor. Oh, uh, Dracula. Uh, He's not young. He's not old. Okay. <laughs> he goes by uh, just senior. old. Yeah, Will you just give okay. me initials? G.O. Gary Oldman? Oh, Boom. yeah, he's a good actor. Ex-daytime talk show host famous for her feud with Donald Trump. She played Rosie Benny Rubble. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Star of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's Sarah oh, Matthew Jessica. Broderick. Come on. There you go. Okay. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was so good. That's though. a great movie. Obviously, and, and, you and, didn't pay attention to the credits. And you know, the other one is uh, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. It was so All good. the same. Uh, those era. were the 80s, Ryan. How would you know? The Brat Pack. Because. Is she part of The Brat Pack? Matthew Broderick? Uh, the, uh, he, was, uh, he wasn't in uh, the Breakfast what? Club, but The Breakfast Club the was The Brat so Pack, they called it. What was that? It was a group of young actors. Yeah, I think was, Charlie uh, Sheen was in there. Oh, really? Uh, I've never heard this. Uh, the Estevez. Breakfast Club. They all started with the Breakfast Club, uh, Donnie. Yeah, I'm, we're telling Ryan. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom Flores, by the way. All our good yeah. listeners. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Flores. Yep. Yeah, good guy. Uh, Roger Hodgson of Supertramp. You just hate Supertramp. I don't I, understand I absolutely it. do not. 
I just don't know the names of the main characters in the band. I didn't realize like when they were at their peak, not at their peak, but uh, when, when they were popular here, it was like the only country they were popular in. Super Trump, like the mid-70s. Yeah, right. yeah. Then they hit with Breakfast in America. Okay, deadline day. We'll deal with uh, more of that uh, next with Is It Just Me? We've got several submissions from our great listeners and uh, uh, viewers. And again, the Canucks making a one move today. It's not a trade, but they reacquire Brad Richardson, claiming him off waivers from the uh, Calgary Flames. And yesterday, of course, Travis Hamannick goes to the Ottawa Senators for a third rounder. They give up a third rounder in order to get another Travis, who's a defenseman, Travis Dermott, who will wear the number 24. The late Eddie Money. Is, is it just me coming oh, up? so good. Born Edward Joseph Mahoney on this day in 1949. He's going to play us out December 77 and his self-titled debut album. This is Eddie Money. And Baby Hold On on Check, where the 70s come alive in more ways than one on a BC Monday uh, morning deadline day. Is it just me? Next, Donnie and Dolly, the team, on Check. All right, just before uh, we hit Is It Just Me and get into some business, you've got some Canucking tidbits. I wouldn't say news, but tidbits to talk about. Yeah, more, so more than tidbits. I've I been told there could be something for the Canucks coming in after the deadline. I was told that about uh, during the commercial break. Mm. Keep an eye on that. Uh, possible working on something. And, and look, Tyler Mott's coming down to the end here, uh, Donnie. And now we also have a Darren Drager report, maybe the Rangers. Uh, so that was just before I was told, keep an eye on something after uh, after the 12 o'clock deadline. So keep an eye on Tyler Mott, folks. Uh, yeah. It's coming down to the wire. So 11 minutes before uh, the deadline, uh, deals have to be struck before then they can be announced after the deadline. That's Again, right. That's why we're on till uh, 1 o'clock. So we're talking about the possibility of a trade between the Canucks and the Rangers involving Tyler Mott. Again, yeah. the yeah. possibility. Possibility. So I was tipped off during the break that uh, look for something after 12 o'clock for the Canucks, uh, possibly. And then right after that, we saw the uh, tweet by Drager. So something's cooking. Something's brewing. Let's see if it happens. It uh, wouldn't be the first time we hear uh, things uh, well after uh, 12 o'clock or shortly after. Yep. Uh, is it just me? Uh, Sean and you, West, very quickly before we get to your business, but is today uh, the true test of an NHL insider? Rick, we need more scoops from yeah. Sean in New West. Hey, Rick can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. You know, you yeah. get presented what you and, get presented. It's not up to you. And here's the other thing. The Canucks uh, don't have many significant UFAs in terms of top six UFAs, top four D UFAs. Their two UFAs are the backup goalie and Tyler Mott, who's a very good player. But when you have a lot of UFAs and you're like the Canucks not yeah. made in the play, then you're going to hear a lot more. But I think the Vancouver Canucks, and I said this at the top of the show, makes more sense for them to make their big moves, Donnie, in the summer, not now. Can I just say quickly, by the yes. way, and this guy might have been joking or whatever, nobody in this market knows more about this team 365 days of the year than Rick Dollywall. Yeah, maybe some of the other insiders get the trades today or the day before, whatever, whatever. But nobody, if you want to know what's going on with this team, 
you watch this show and you know who the true insider is for the Vancouver Canucks. Well, yeah, but okay, again, Rick and everybody else who's an insider is at the mercy of what the team's yeah, up to. Yeah, but I'm just saying. And, and I, I, it looks like something could happen between 12 and 1. And we told you uh, right out of the shoot at the beginning of the show, things are quiet with the Canucks, but they were getting calls on Mott this morning. And Mott was the guy. We told you that. And it looks like uh, they're probably going to uh, execute it. But I do believe in my heart. The two, tie, two sides tried to see if they can make him stay. I heard that last night. I heard it again this morning. Uh, but uh, sometimes you got to do what's best, uh, you know, for the organization, Donnie. And if that means moving Tyler Mott, it means moving Tyler Mott. Some business. All right. Uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, the collectible market has never been hotter. Now is the time to visit Pastime Sports. Check out the largest selection of sports memorabilia, autographed items, trading cards in Western Canada. Look at Pavel. Look at Pavel, number 10. Uh, visit one of four locations in Surrey, Langley, Metrotown, and Tawasson Mills. Uh, check them out in-store or online at pastimesports.ca. Ryan, what's in front of the laptop today? So Other than the, your uh, highlighter. Still got the bobblehead. Still got the Larry Walker signed card. But how about this? A Marcus Naslin Pittsburgh Penguins card today. Oh. What's with the lack of logo? Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is there. Some licensing agreement? It, it must be. Drafted in what, 96? Yes, but, of course, famously sent here. In the Alex Stoyanov deal. I yeah. I got that draft right. That was, uh, you talk about trades that absolutely worked out for the Canucks. It was Naslin. Well, it, it's always, uh, you, know, the, uh, and, you know, this is. Donnie doesn't day. like him, so it's tough to talk about. I, oh, my gosh. I never I, I said that. Naslin for Stoyanov, one of the best deals in, uh, in Canuck history. Engineered by the late, great Pat Quinn. Yep. And uh, the uh, deal was made. In 96. 96. Uh, I was right. What I said about Naslin was I did not like that his jersey went up, number 19, went up to the rafters at Rogers Arena before Pavel Burry's dead. I didn't think that was right. That's all I said. And there wasn't a lot of playoff success there. Does it belong up there? You can argue that. Absolutely. Is it just me, Rick? What do you got? Oh, hold on a sec. I'm just working on this Rangers thing. Okay. Uh... Okay, so that's that's okay. Go. Okay. Yeah, is it just me? I, I got something. Uh, go ahead. MBI Raj, is it just keep working if you want? Is it just me? But why isn't Check bucking up for Eklund, like Sportsnet did that <laughs> one year? Do you remember that? So that was the one year he was kind of like the bank. It was a disaster. Deal, right? Yes, they didn't show his face. Right? Was he no, in a this room is that back. Was... He was in the uh, upper echelons yes, yes. of uh, whatever you want to call it of of Sportsnet, and you could only see his back. And he was one of the first internet insiders that turned out to be not really an insider. He had nothing. He 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 added nothing uh, that day. All, okay. all, all due respect, that was also the day Sportsnet tried to go wacky, and they had pizzas delivered yes. and a cheerleading team. It was and it was just completely disastrous. I will say on this. deadline day. Okay, I will say this. You might be right, and you could question, you know, how the validity of some of this stuff. Or the validity. He was the start of, <laughs> outside of Bob McKenzie in the hockey news, he was the start of, like, the online rumblings, rumors for, I think, for NHL fans. Yeah. You know, like, to go and somewhere. And we never heard from him again. Is yeah, he still hey, around? I don't even know. I, I don't know if Hockey Buzz is still a thing. Uh, Sir Chonk from Fleetwood. Is it just me or is Dolly? A lot of Dolly Wall. Uh, yeah, because I'm getting ripped. Or is Dollywall completely overwhelmed today, even though the Canucks have made zero trades? 
Someone uh, have some crown nearby in case he has to break a Canucks deal. He oh, the crown. crown. Uh, hey, 5 o'clock tonight, I bought some new ice uh, all ready to go for the you crown. You bought new ice? No, I uh, ran out of ice well, a couple I, of Fridays ago. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that on the show. I ran out of ice. I, 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 anyways. And he said to tweet out. But I got ice uh, tonight. Uh, here we go. Frank Cervelli, by the way. The Canucks have traded Tyler Mott for a fourth-round hmm. pick. Yeah, well, Ooh. see, there you go. To the uh, Rangers, to the Rangers, by the way. I don't know if I said the team. Is yeah. that not low? A it is low. Pick? It is low. It is low. And it's exactly uh, what 2023 fourth-round pick. That's, that, so that's not low. even this year. I figured that out. Yeah. Did you expect more there? Absolutely, I did. Um, absolutely. I was told... Last week, the Canucks uh, were saying internally. That's the best you can do. That's, they were saying internally, we're not letting the go of the guy uh, if we don't get uh, a low second rounder, and then you, you cough him up for a fourth rounder. Does this say to you that maybe he was he and his agent were asking too much in the yeah. Canucks' opinion? Yeah. Well, there's no question they were. The Canucks were not willing to go to Mott's uh, asking price on the weekend. But here, here's the thing uh, here. Tyler Mott is a player who uh, will go to New York, which is a team that thinks it can make some noise in the playoffs, right? Yep. How much do you think Tyler Mott's going to help that team? I say a lot. I think he's going to help that team a whole lot. Speed. Oh, big time. Never gives up. Physical. I mean, I know he's not the biggest guy in the world. Adds some offense every once in a while. He's going to help that team. I know he's a UFA. But a fourth rounder? Yeah, but see, here's where is this, that not disappointing. Here's where think like management can't win in this market because if they hold on to him, then you're going to get ripped for holding on to him. Right. If Benning had made this move, you would be all over he him and say no, and and, he, and, and he, would criticize. It would have been it. the same thing with Jim with Benning still here too, right? It would have been if they get past the deadline. Oh my God, you didn't get something out of an expiring asset. So they get something out of an expiring asset, and it's, oh, it should have been a second round. So you're happy with the fourth-round pick. Is it better than nothing? I think the majority of Canuck fans, and text us, folks, into Delaney's OK Tiring Langley inbox, what you think of this. Tyler Mott for a fourth-rounder. It's better than nothing. There you go. I, I get like, all that. I, I, but this I, is you're, a you're player. You're three minutes from the deadline. This is a player who's, well, the pressure is on the, the Rangers as much as anything. Was I, it? Yeah. You're telling me that before today, before you saw this news, Rick, yep. that you would say, hey, a fourth rounder would be okay for Tyler Mott. With all the talk surrounding him. Going into the day? Supposedly no. other teams uh, interested in him, in him. This tells me there wasn't much of a market for Tyler Mott. Yes. Which I'm surprised at. No, no, but a lot of teams called. That's not true. There, well, then that, a lot of teams okay, called, then, And you get a fourth rounder. Okay, I don't know. But that, I, this that, is disappointing. You know, as people say, he's fourth rounder. Uh, so they did talk contract over the weekend. The Canucks would not go to where uh, the Mott uh, camp was uh, money-wise. They just couldn't do it. And I think he was asking for well over $2 million. He didn't ask for 3 or 4 or $5 million. They just couldn't do it. And so now, uh, Donnie, this means to me that Lamico will be re-signed. It means to me that Highmore, who you uh, talked about earlier. Yeah. And it also means to me... Uh, is a kid named Lockwood in Abbotsford is going to have an opportunity next year to come up. Yeah. Okay. I'll give, I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. Uh, Jordan in North Vancouver into the Delaney's okay tiring Langley inbox as we put, is it just me on hold for a bit here, but the news about Tyler Mott joining the uh, Rangers, Jordan texting. I would have taken a fourth for Hamhuse over, uh, yeah. over nothing. Wow. See, but that's what I mean, right? Like, and again, I know the regime's now different, but there's still this feeling in this market that going back 
since the end of the 2011 run, you didn't get nearly enough for guys on expiring contracts. So you, you did something today. Donnie, your, your point is very valid. Going into the day, would I have expected more? Yes, I would have. Five minutes out of the yeah. deadline, if you're saying a fourth rounder, you're getting a fourth rounder. And I, w- I, I honestly would have said the if same Jim thing. If Jim Benning made this deal, it would be heavily, heavily criticized. And maybe that has to At do with the At the end of his tenure, the, yeah, the probably. History of, yeah, okay. The history of the deals he had made in the eight years or whatever, how many years it was that he was here. Yeah. I, I, I get all that. Another text from Peter. It's market value. He's never scored more than. See, I'm, yeah. I'm not like you guys. I read but, texts that yeah. go against my opinion. Yep. It's market value. He's never scored more than nine goals, no matter how good or hardworking a fourth liner is. Players like him are not worth second round picks. You mentioned goal scoring uh, there, Peter. Fine. But everybody talks about Tyler Mott and his penalty killing. And when he uh, joined the Canucks or got back into the lineup, their penalty killing improved somewhat. Yep. Good penalty killer. That's worth something. And and also, I'm going to take you back to the bubble in Edmonton, Donnie. Remember those uh, two goals he scored in the same game against St. Louis? His performance in the bubble, a lot of GMs noticed. And uh, and and I, the playoff teams called on him. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm not going to lie to you. I was told a week ago, internally, the Canucks were hoping for a much, 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 much better return than fourth-round pick, Donnie. We'll agree on that. It is. Is that time accurate there, Ryan? Uh, yeah. Yes, and I just want to mention because uh, Sanyo alarm clock. Uh, Bob McKenzie, or as he's better known now, Bobby Margarita, tweeting out outside of Mott to the Rangers, Vancouver did not make any other acquisitions after the 2 p.m. waiver wire claim on Brad Richardson. So if you're expecting another shoe to drop here, no it more. Looks as though I, that's what I. That's the two moves. One shoe to drop. <laughs> and, yeah. and and Luke Shen's agent told me last night and this morning. He said, Rick, uh, tons of teams are calling. I do not expect them to be moved. They, I, they just don't want to move them. And bingo, they didn't move them. And uh, it's just a very important piece in the dressing room. Uh, one of the other key pieces, by the way, on the trade bait board, Jacob Chikorin officially not being traded by the Coyotes. So just thought I'd get that in there. He's still hurt, isn't he? He's out for he, a while. He is still hurt, yeah. And again, you wonder about the complexity of that trade. Yeah. You know? Okay, so let, let's recap here. Uh, the, the day so far for the Canucks, although uh, Bob McKenzie saying that uh, nothing else is forthcoming from the Canucks uh, today. Again, we're going to 1 o'clock, so we'll find out for sure who's going to go against uh, Bob McKenzie. But they pick up, the Canucks do. Brad Richardson, they reacquire him uh, from the Calgary Flames off waivers. Also, Tyler Mott, and great work here, uh, Derek, on short notice. Tyler Mott goes to the New York Rangers for a 2023, not 2022, fourth-round uh, draft pick, pick. Yesterday, of course, the two uh, transactions. Travis Hammond going to Ottawa for a third-rounder, a third-rounder going to Toronto for another Travis, who's also a defenseman, Travis Dermott. So that looks like that's going to be it for the Canucks uh, just before a trade deadline. We'll see what happens in the next hour or so, not just with the Canucks, but other NHL teams. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in on this special day, folks. It's Donnie and Dolly, the team. We'll be back on check. Able Auction specializes in helping British Columbia-based business owners close their business and sell their assets in a timely, orderly manner. Online events for everything from machine shop and manufacturing auctions to industrial equipment, retail inventories, or any other type of business assets, Able Auctions can help. For a free confidential consultation on getting your business assets sold, 
please email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ablaauctions.ca. Welcome back to the third hour, a special day here on Donnie and Dolly. It is NHL trade deadline day as we find out, uh, find out just moments ago the Canucks have sent Tyler Mott to the New York Rangers for a fourth round a draft pick. We're going to update the poll question. Uh, the old poll question will still be available uh, online, but we're going to update uh, the poll question. We're going to have it focus on the Tyler Mott transaction uh, with the New York Rangers. In the meantime, I want to remind everybody uh, about uh, a company that makes this show possible day in, day out, and that's Able Auctions, our title sponsor. Uh, Thursday this week, Able Auctions will sell the contents of a closed tech company, including over 100 Herman Miller Aeron chairs and we might want to get on those, right? Oh, and, o- and over 200 adjustable height sit-stand desks. Very popular with the kids these days. Friday this week, or young adults, Friday this week, Able Auctions will sell the contents of a closed gym with restaurant, including gym uh, uh, equipment. So the gym had a restaurant. So you're going to get gym equipment, a recently uh, built commercial kitchen, and a coffee bar with La Marzocco, three-head cappuccino machine. Now, that could be a band name. What do you mean? The three-head cappuccino machine. But it's a coffee machine, though. A cappuccino machine. Yeah, which is the same thing. Listen, I just drink it. I don't make it, okay? Everything from 100 Aerons to a walk-in cooler freezer and a three-head cappuccino machine, illegal in most provinces, by the way, sold to the highest (laughs) bidder this week, only at Able Auctions. The things you can do with that. Only at ableauctions.ca, A-B-L-E-Auctions.ca. All right, we're going to show the old poll question or the updated poll question, Ryan? Uh, Take your time. Uh, let's, let's just go with the new. Well, you know what? Here quickly. This is the poll question we started the day with mm-hmm. uh, and, and the final results uh, of it. Well, not final results. You can still vote if you want. Which annual NHL event do you look forward to the most? 41% saying day one of the NHL draft. 32% saying trade, trade deadline day. And day one of free agency is getting 25% of the vote. We've now changed it up. We've added a brand new poll question after the news that just came down. Dolly Wall, you do the honors yep. here because this is your baby. This is our new poll question now. Would, uh, uh, get it up. <laughs> and, and read it. Did the Canucks uh, get enough for Tyler Mott? As uh, simple as that, uh, 90, uh, 62% say no. Uh, 300 votes already just posted. Uh, I, 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 I'm underwhelmed. Uh, but then people are going to say, well, he was a fourth liner. Uh, what did you expect? And all, on, on that, and all that stuff. So, I, But I, I really thought the organization was telling uh, internally, you know, second round, Donnie. We're not well, gonna, it we're it not tells you that, that they, they weren't going to be able to resign him. That's yeah. what it, t- it tells me. Oh, for sure. I, I know for a fact that on the weekend they were not willing to go uh, to the asking price. This doesn't happen. I'm, I'm going to state the office here, which I often do. This, this doesn't happen if they get five out of six points Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Detroit, Calgary, Buffalo. Yeah. I, I, again, if they're still involved in a playoff hunt, which mathematically I, I know they still are. Can, can I say something yeah. really quickly? Uh, we're getting a ton of reaction in the Delaney's OK Tire and laying the inbox, and we love every message we're getting. If you're getting a bounce-back message right now, okay. yeah. it's because of the extra hour of the show. We don't usually go until 1 o'clock. Our message runs usually after the show. Yeah, we're busy prepping for the next show. Yeah, it says so if something you like see that, that we're, we are seeing all your messages still. So please continue to text in to this program with your thoughts on the trade. 
But if you get that bounce back, just ignore it for now. We're still getting the messages. Okay, into the Delaney's okay. Sorry, Rick. No, uh, go ahead. Into the Delaney's okay, Tyron Langley inbox. Brian from Nanaimo. I think this is a good point, a uh, good discussion point. Brian texting in Delaney's okay, Tyron Langley inbox. How did the Canucks get more for Hamannick? Then they did Mott. It's a great question. That's a terrible trade. Hamannick gets them a third or a rounder, and Mott gets a fourth uh, rounder. Of course, different contract status, so uh, there is that. But in terms of what they contributed on the ice, I think most people would think you'd get more from Mott than, than Hamannick, especially when you consider uh, so, so, so I have, how much Hamannick played. Mighty Mott, Mott had injury issues uh, as well. I have close to $3 million the Canucks have cleared in cap space uh, this week uh, with these moves as they wanted to do that and get younger, Donnie. Uh, but well, they didn't get younger with Brad Richardson. And I and I was just told again right now, the fact that they did not hold out Besser and Garland last night tells you that they were never close on, on a Besser, never close. If they were close on those two going into the deadline, they would have sat both those guys last night. They didn't sit anybody last night. Okay, so all this points to the Canucks likely not making the playoffs. And you would think being extremely busy in the offseason in, ter- in terms of moving players, 100%. trying to get younger, uh, making cap room, uh, all of that. So let's recap again. What, what, and we did this at the start of the show. But for people just joining us, and keep in mind, we're on an extra hour, lunchtime for a lot of people. They didn't see or hear the start of the show. Brock Besser. What's going to happen with him in the offseason? Well, this is it. Alvin said yesterday uh, that uh, the decision on Besser is not till the summer. you got to qualify him or not, but they're talking to his camp. Uh, ben Hankinson out of Minnesota, good guy. Uh, they continue to talk to him. Ben told me this week he does not see Brock being traded today. It happened. He was so bang on. And I think the two sides are talking, and they'll try and cut a new long-term deal. They've got a lot of time to do it. Lots of patience mm. with him right now. Luke Shen. Yeah, the, I, I'm going to tell I, I thought he was the most uh, likely to be moved. No, I, I disagree with you because Ben's got him too, Ben Hankson. And Ben told me a ton of teams after him, a lot of interest. But well, the there can- you go. Yeah, but hold it. The Canucks didn't want to move him. They literally did not want to move. Has another year left. Uh, a Luke Shen because he's a culture carrier. So good in the dressing room, so well-liked. Um, on and off the ice, mature pro, the whole nine yards. There's so much. When you lose guys, remember when they lost uh, Donnie Tanev, yep. Markstrom, yep. Toffoli, Stetcher. You lose a ton of culture guys. They're so hard to replace. That's why Luke Shen was a move today. Tanner Pearson. Oh, I was never. Uh, the agent told me last night they were. He never got an offer to uh, waive or uh, their no trade. Uh, that's another one. His no trade clause t- in terms of how many teams available, mm. Donnie, it, it, it gets lessened as uh, Myers does in the summer. Better chance to move those guys in the summer than now. And J.T. Miller, you mentioned earlier in the show uh, a team that wasn't getting a lot of traction in terms of uh, being linked to J.T. Miller, Colorado. Yeah. They uh, checked in on Vancouver, but again, it's going to be an astronomical price. Uh, when they lost out on Giroux, they checked back with Vancouver, but Miller was never going to get traded. I expect fully uh, the Canucks and Miller to try, give it the old college try, Donnie, to do an extension. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I, I feel they're going to give it a good shot on July uh, 13th. Help me out here. Uh, Brad Richardson's contract status? Uh, I know. think is a UFA. That's why they got him. Okay. So, so gotta, uh, short term. And Brad Richardson, 37 years old, and, and c- comes over from Calgary. They made him uh, available, so he's not going to be part of their Stanley Cup playoff push. But one thing about Brad Richardson, when he was here later on in his career, 
and much like Tyler Mott, he works extremely hard. So oh. he will be, at the very least, a reasonable fill-in for Tyler Mott. Absolutely. Until the end of the season. As soon as they picked him up on waivers, you could see it was a possible move. Uh, with, and uh, you said that. Yeah, is, is with that. But I really do believe uh, the Canucks had a tough time moving. Uh, the reason Mott was done so late is I believe they kept talking and talking and trying to cut a deal. But it just it, it his asking price was just out of the range for Vancouver. Help me out here, uh, Ryan. Anything happening all around the National Hockey League uh, with the trade deadline now coming Any, and going? Uh, late names? Uh, uh, the most significant name post-deadline, or oh, actually another one just came down, Max Domi's heading to Carolina. Okay. Oh, wow. uh, that just came down. Uh, yeah, the price was uh, not yet, not okay. yet, but it did, it did, uh, it did just happen. Uh, the other one is Ricard Raquel um, is on his way to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So those are probably the two most significant names, um, and Derek Broussard well, also heading to Edmonton as well. And Raquel's interesting because uh, Penguins definitely talked to Vancouver a lot. You know, Garland, Besser, all those names were uh, discussed, yep. and they end up with uh, Raquel. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, J.T. Miller always linked to oh. uh, Pittsburgh because of where, he, where he's from. So, Raquel to Pittsburgh, uh, Domi to Carolina, Broussard again, uh, Ryan? Uh, to Edmonton. To, to Edmonton. And Broussard won was a fifth-round draft pick, I think. Mm-hmm. Kind of just sifting through it all right now. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll try to reorganize here. Let's take a break. Again, uh, folks, if you're just uh, tuning in, Brad Richardson claimed off waivers by the Canucks from the uh, Calgary Flames. Tyler Mott goes to the New York Rangers for a fourth-round 2023 draft pick. More just past the NHL trade deadline on Donnie and Dolly, the team, next on Check. Donnie and Dolly, the team is supported by... AbleAuctions.ca. Closing your business, we can help. As predicted, things are shaking right now. Uh, obviously, some deals struck just before the deadline at noon. or of course, past noon. This is when the information starts uh, coming out. One of the newer pieces of information, we didn't have this in the previous segment, but Jesperi Kakaniemi, who signed that uh, free agent deal, uh, RFA deal going from Montreal to Carolina last offseason, he's been locked up by the Hurricanes an eight-year contract extension, an average annual value of $4.82 million. Uh, Rick, obviously, uh, he sees the light in Carolina. That's the team that's uh, contending for the Stanley Cup. He wants to stick around. Uh, you get cost control. You get a guy that uh, went, what, third overall in the NHL draft. Um, you know what? Uh, the Canucks liked him in, in the draft year uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, if he was available when they picked, they might have picked him. But anyways, uh, he gets one heck of a deal there. Yeah, and, and they, they took a chance. They they signed him for a one-year deal, uh, getting him from offer sheet. Uh, from Montreal and offer sheet, and they end up locking uh, locking him up. Carolina does a lot of things right. Yeah, you know who's doing a lot? We haven't mentioned Seattle today, guys. Uh, they, picked, yeah. they picked up a ton of picks this week. They got 10 picks this draft, four in the top 64, They've accumulated 23 picks in rounds one to four over the next three years. Yeah. Com- compare that to, say, and I realize it's a different situation. The Florida Panthers have one pick in the first two rounds the next three years. Yep. But if you're a fan there, well, you're, you're going for it. You're, you have uh, Claude Giroux. You have all the acquis- great acquisitions that they've made yep. 
over the past a couple of years. Uh, you're happy with that. We mentioned these trades just before uh, the break. Uh, Max Domi, and we got the board here, uh, yep. Derek. There you go. Um, right at the bottom here. Uh, Max Domi goes to Carolina, and Ricard Raquel goes, uh, uh, Max Domi going from Columbus to Carolina, and Ricard Raquel, longtime duck, going from Anaheim to Pittsburgh. Do we know the returns on these, uh, Ryan, by any chance? Or we only got the Broussard return at this, this point? Uh, Max Domi I don't have yet. This is the Ricard Raquel uh, return. So it's a second-round pick in 2022, plus a prospect and a roster player from Pittsburgh wow. to Anaheim. So three, to be announced later. Three pieces involved here, uh, according to, to Bob McKenzie. So uh, that's the latest on that. Uh, by the Broussard, way, Derek Broussard? Uh, Derek Broussard, we'll get to that one now. Uh, this is the return there. It's a fourth-round pick that goes to Philadelphia. He's heading to Edmonton. Uh, John Shannon with the tweet here. And there's another trade that just came down. Interesting fourth-round pick, same uh, as what the Canucks right. got from the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, and another trade uh, just now is Ryan Carpenter is going from the Blackhawks to the Flames in exchange for a fifth-round draft pick in 2024. They're coming in hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. Uh, the Canucks are done. It was just uh, going to be Mott. They did uh, two deals yesterday. So um, as much as uh, – and this is another – we just got a text. Let me read this. Go for it. Uh, the Wolverine. Is it just me, but this trade deadline once again proves the Canucks and the Vancouver media overvalue their players. Uh, WTF. In capital letters. So yeah. he's screaming. Yes. Uh, what yeah. the, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm aware. Uh, you know that stuff. Uh, anyways, WTF in capital letters. Will this ever end? Uh, I mean, that happens with a lot of markets. You tend to fall, fall in love with your players. You see them all the time. You know who performs and who underperforms. And one of the guy who I thought was, you could say, maybe overperforming, giving his contract, was, was Tyler Mott. At least yeah. that's the opinion of most, most people. They end up getting a, a fourth rounder. The, on the other side of the argument, and again, I'm going over old ground because we've been talking about this a lot since the Mott deal was made. Uh, looking back in the past, getting something for Tyler Mott is better than nothing. He is a UFA. Uh, in the summer. Let me ask you this, yes. and this is an unsigned text. Delaney's okay, Tyron Langley inbox. Thanks so much for your submissions, folks. Uh, can the Canucks put Halak's bonus on this year's cap with the Mott trade and get rid of it uh, for next year? That's a is good that, question. Is that I, part of it? Yeah, I got to look into that. Is that part of the I, thinking here? I, I got to look into that. Um, but that uh, Halak uh, bonus is one heck of a pain in the butt to the Canucks, I think. And that's why they well, were Luongo, yeah. uh, Vertanen. Well, hold it There's a, a lot there. The Canucks next year are going to pay for two goaltenders not to play in the city, uh, Holpe and Halak. And they're done with Luongo, right? They're After done with Luongo, but yeah. you still got a lot of dead money. You still got a Furland sitting there. So as well, I said before, the old regime, Donnie, has not left this regime in a really good <laughs> okay. cap situation. The, the, only reason, the only reason I laugh at that. Why? Is because that's exactly what the Jim Benning regime said about the Mike Gillis regime. No, they the, were whining about the no trade clauses, all the no trade no, clauses. No, 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 Rick. They look. Mike Gillis went for it. You know that was a Stanley Cup contender. There weren't many prospects in in the system. They did say that about the young players that were left over. There weren't many. Remember they they wanted players in the 25-year range, 25-year-old yep. range. Yep. That's why they went and got Sven Berchi, et cetera, right? Yep. So they said almost the exact same thing. Yeah, they did. They did complain about it. I don't think it's – I mean, it's commonplace for, for yeah. a – 
Uh, if, if, it's also a if somebody gets canned, gets fired, there's a reason for it, and part of it is that you've left the cupboards bare. It's also a different conversation to have. Are you going to complain about the cap and the prospect situation with a team coming out of going to the Stanley Cup final versus a team that had a bubble playoff performance and got smoked against Calgary one year? And no, and, and this regime came in full well knowing, Donnie, the cap situation, not much on the farm, and the cupboards are bare. Well, yeah, but hold on a second. On the other hand, if that's not the case, they don't get the job. It, you know, the, somebody got fired because of that situation. Yeah. In comes Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, Bruce Boudreaux as well. That's why they got the job. You, you, well, okay. you, if you come but, into a new job, do you think you're going to get a, a, a job if everything's great? No. Not a chance. No. That's, that's commonplace. Yeah. I'm not defending Jim you, Benning. I'm just saying that's reality. Rutherford, you're not getting the job unless somebody hasn't done, in the opinion of the owner, a good job. Rutherford and Alvin can't complain. They don't have time to complain about the previous regime. They've got to roll up their sleeves and fix this. You know what? I, I look at yesterday's moves, and I didn't like the return for Tyler Mott, but I look at yesterday's moves. They just seem very thoughtful. And I would think, and, and by the way, Canuck management is going to be made available at 1.30 yeah. uh, today when we're uh, off the air. I want to I hear the thought process when it comes, comes to Tyler Mott, and maybe it does have something to do with the Halak situation. So, so there's that. But yesterday, well, just all, the move, the moves they made seemed just very thoughtful, very well uh, thought out. And, and there you go. Just, just to recap, first we heard about Travis Hammett going to Ottawa for a third round pick, third round, different third round pick, uh, goes to Toronto for Travis Dermott, the left-handed defenseman who uh, plays the right side. Brad Richardson on waivers. They reacquire him. This time from the Calgary Flames, and Tyler Mott goes to the New York Rangers for a 2023, not 2022, fourth-round draft pick. More, uh, Take a break now? Before this trade. Did we take a break? Yeah, we're going okay. to. Uh, they were they had saved $1.5 by the way. Hamannick out, Dermott in. Yeah, one point five. one and a half. And so then with this trade of Mott today, you add that on. Is yeah. that enough to get the bonus in? And you're talking about paying goalies, by the way, Dolly. The one thing you're forgetting is don't forget they have a brand-new contract for a goaltender they're going to pay next year because they're going to need a new backup goalie again. Well, they're yeah. going to need a – Right? Um, so you're, either way, even if well, they move well, the where, where, does, money, where does Spencer Martin play into this? Well, yeah, but still, you're well, still moving that money, right? Untested, like, really. But you're, you're going to be paying either Holtby or Halak. Even if you move the money to this year for Halak, you're paying Holtby next year. Yes, you are. And the plan was to trade Halak today and move Spencer Martin into the second uh, – the backup position. Okay, we've got another deal. It involves uh, the Dallas Stars and Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Stars pick up Vlad Nemestikov uh, from the Red Wings for a fourth-round pick. This seems really uh, a familiar trading piece today. Yeah. The fourth-round draft pick. Canuck fans know all about that. In regards to Tyler Mott, a break. We'll be back uh, with more trade information, NHL trade deadline day. Uh, Donnie and Dolly, the team, on check. Uh, we have a new poll question in the wake of the Tyler Mott deal as Tyler Mott goes from the Canucks to the Rangers for a fourth-round uh, draft pick. What do you got, uh, Rick? All right, Ryan, what's the new poll question? It is Tyler Mott-related, uh, traded to the New York Rangers today uh, for a fourth-round draft pick. We want to get your feelings and thoughts on it. Did the Canucks get enough for Tyler Mott? 61% say no. Um, I, 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 just, uh, I have to be honest with you, Donnie. We were told internally... They were looking for much, much higher 
return their fourth. I'll tell you, boy, we had heard from really good sources they wanted a a second-round pick in return for Tyler Mott. Yeah, Uh, let me just say this. Again, thanks to everybody tuning in today uh, with our extra hour, 1,200 votes in in less than half an hour. And uh, we can't thank you enough for the support we've had on this show. We're coming up to a year anniversary, and it's just been... Uh, just been tremendous, and that's a that's a, a number we can be proud of. So thank you so much for supporting our show, folks. Again, 61.2% of you saying the Canucks did not get enough for Tyler Mott. But see, the only thing with this, though, is, you know, you're saying, Dolly, that they wanted a second-round pick, and, and they might have wanted that. That's, but, a, hey, that's a week or two ago, and you always shoot for the uh, the stars. You always shoot I mean, for the stars. I mean, I want a million dollars, but the yeah. market dictates what the market dictates. I mean, it's, that that that... Trade you yes, said. Yes, and if Benning made this move, Donnie, you'd you be said the trade before it. the break. Vlad Domestikov, right? Okay. To the Red Wings. For what? Fourth rounder. I mean, the market started to say, we're giving you fourth round draft picks for these types of players. So, again, do you want a fourth round draft pick or do you want nothing? And by the yep. way, and in the past, it's been nothing. It's been, exactly. Sam Hughes, maybe being the best example. Help me out here. Who was the other player that year that they didn't get anything? Was it Burroughs? No, they got Burroughs. Uh, Burroughs, they, Burroughs yeah. and Burroughs Hanson, went to Ottawa. they yeah. turned into that was, something. That was Dallas. Yeah, ha- Hamus, they didn't know. There was another free agent, another pending free agent. Our, our great uh, so customers help will, us out. will help us out uh, with that. We should have that in the tip of our tongues, and, and we don't. There's a good tweet, though, from Ian McIntyre, friend of the show, that mm-hmm. I want to get into here. He tweeted this out. This is a quote from Patrick Alvin on February the 23rd. I would not feel comfortable seeing players just walk away and you, get, you don't get anything in return. Yes. So, so there you go. Again, they came into the day. They might have wanted a second-round mm. pick. Time starts to go through the hourglass. You look and go, somebody's offering us a fourth-round pick. Tyler Mott maybe isn't part of our future plans. Like, we thank him for his service. And here's the other there one you for go. you. But, but he, again, and, and, and they could have got him for nothing. Uh, that, that's right. Okay. What's going to happen with J.T. Miller next year? Well, right. UFA at the end of the uh, – at the end, end of the season, uh, we'll see. Hey, Steve in Vancouver, would you rather, this is a rip on me, would you rather get nothing or overpay a fourth liner, Donnie? Yeah. And that's a good point. Yeah. It, it, it is a good point. I was expecting more for Tyler Mott, and I'll stand uh, by that. But again, something is better than nothing. Sorry, Rick. No, and you're right. Uh, quickly, back to Tyler Mott. Do remember one thing. A lot of bottom six guys moved on the weekend. So now you're left, and the team's got you. Uh, by the nilly willy, you know Nick Paul moved a bunch of guys moved. By the what? Nilly willy, <laughs> or the willy nilly? Oh, willy nilly. But one still, of the I don't even. Think I don't, that I don't think that's either. an expression. It's just you know. There's what? another one that you could have gone with that you shouldn't go with. Yeah, they got you by the nilly willy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> a lot of guy, bottom six guys moved. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So now there's only one bottom six guy left, and it's Tyler Mott. And right at the deadline, all they could get for him was a fourth rounder. I, I tweeted this out, I believe, on Saturday. It was something to the effect of, um, hey, Bruce, if you're listening, and I know you watch our show on a regular basis, and, you know. I don't think he does. Check out our, our, our tweets and, and all that. Go with your best players. Play them a lot for the rest of the year. And I was talking about Hamannick, Mott, and not Hamannick, but Lamico, Mott, and Highmore. Yeah. That fourth line, they three of their best players. And I, I, I'm sorry. So it's, it's, it's disappointing that, you know, they're, they're having yes. a lot of positives this year. Been maybe more, you know, Miller, Demko, and all that. But one one of the unexpected positives, certainly, the play of that fourth line. Absolutely. So, you know, disappointing, not just because of Tyler Mott, but because of the makeup of that, of that, of that fourth line. And is a well, f- fourth-round pick enough? 
I don't think so. A lot of people disagree. Uh, we have who drove that line? We have a million messages, and thank you, everyone, for pointing this out. It was Radom Verbata was the other That's name right. that okay. year thank you so much. that they didn't get anything for in 2016 at, at that the, deadline. Our viewers and listeners... You are tremendous. Thank you so much. So, again, I mean, that's, you Don't know. give him credit. Give the viewers credit. He just what reads he just it. Said. I just did. Okay, anyways. Of course, so, most shows, you know, you depend on the host to come up with that information. We depend on, on our customers. A lot going on. There's. But, I mean, hey, you believe that Jim Benning doesn't get nearly enough credit for his time here I in didn't. Uh, okay. And so, here's a sign today of something oh, that hasn't happened in trade deadlines past. They had a guy on an expiring contract. Mm. They had basically one player on an expiring contract they could get anything for. It's, okay, it's easy to say now. When they were Hindsight. one point out of a playoff spot last week, I said maybe Jim Benning doesn't get enough credit. And how did that Are go? Are you telling me I'm the only person go? who thought that? Okay. I, you know what? You know what happened that day? Both you d- said nothing because you knew that there's a possibility. No, 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 no. I was right. I will pull up the full two hours and show it to you that I... I'm old. I don't remember anything. (laughs) And I I ripped on you because I find that to be a joke. You got to give credit for the certain pieces here that are that they've built around the core. The Demko's, the Hughes, the Pedersen. It's easy to say now. It's easy to say now. I'm saying if they had won that Detroit game, the weekend would have turned. Well, obviously, would have turned out differently. And it would be hmm, maybe Don was right. You you have a backup goaltender that the bonus is going to get carried over on. Hmm. It's useless. How did your Mike Gillis do with the Roberto Luongo contract? Let's talk about that. Did they go to the cup final wow. with him? Yes, Burke and Nonis' team did go to the cup final. You're absolutely right. So now right. you're pivoting the <laughs> argument. Okay. You're okay. absolutely right. Here's here, The other thing is I was going to ask you guys this. When, do you, when is your first real gauge of the front office? Because I see some people already saying that, you know, oh, this front office, you know, all they Summer. did was get a – Yeah, to me that's the pivotal point. If they, if they don't do much, that's when you can really be critical. Because, uh, again, the pressure point today wasn't really there. There's just too few teams to get involved in big conversations like adding a Brock Besser or a JT Miller. To me, that's a summertime conversation. That's when you judge this front office. What do they do with those moves through the summer? But the you'd offseason? have to think, though, I think one of the disappointments might be is that this regime, and I know Patrick Alvin hasn't been here all that long, Alvin and the Chipmunks, <laughs> but uh, Jim Rutherford has been here since, and I hope he's doing better, by the way, in, in COVID protocol. Been here since December 5th. I think a lot of people were disappointed today because that seems like enough time to have evaluated everything. And then you don't have a real blockbuster yeah, over the right. last couple of days. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. I've, uh, I've interrupted you a lot today. No, no, don't you worry about that. I, 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 I wonder about uh, Brock Besser today. I wonder if his future in Vancouver is much uh, more likely to remain. Um Boy, his name was out there. What, what, I just saw you look at your phone. Yeah. Did you get something from his agent? Uh, just uh, don't put words in my mouth. I'm just trying to put two and two together, and I usually when I do, I come up with four. Don, I there was uh, Brock's name was so much out there that I just wonder if uh, they've been talking to their camp and they got a pretty good feeling on what a long term deal would look like, Donnie. Because I got a feeling if they talked to Besser's camp and they were miles apart, boy, he could have been gone. Um, normally, we have what's called in our business a rundown uh, for our show, basically mapping out what the show is going to look like. We have no, as you, as you probably can tell, we have no rundown uh, for this particular hour. Is it time for a break, Ryan? Uh, yeah, we do need to okay. get to And by the way, the uh, Max Domi trade is now a three-team trade, oh. including Florida. It's, it's all about money. 
So there's a few. Does Florida get anybody that will help them in their family cup push? I don't think push? so. I think okay. it's all about moving money around between the three teams and the cap. I, I miss the old days where you just, there's you know, way player for player. too much math involved. Somebody sent oh, me this did. tweet, and I give them a ton of credit from Puckpedia about what the Canucks need to do to be able to move the Halak bonus to this year. And let me tell you, uh, I don't understand it. And I've only got a Fleetwood Park uh, – you know, secondary. I'm sure Alvin will be asked about it. And he he comes be, in to play give, a lot. He'll give an explanation at 1.30. Okay. How many breaks do we have before the We've end of the show? We've got one break, and then that's it till the end of the show. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, Derek, let's go to break uh, with uh, a clip of one of the new Canucks. Not Brad Richardson, but Travis Dermott. And here he is talking. You, we good? Clip number one, Derek, we good? Voice of God? Yeah. We're good. We're uh, good. Clip number We're one, good. Travis Dermott uh, picked up from the Leafs yesterday for a third-round draft pick. Grew up in the Toronto area. Oh. Yeah, he was, he, he was uh, Canucks they fan. told everybody he was a, a Leafs fan. Well, yeah, Leafs fan. Everybody's got – most people do. Most people have a second team they, they, they kind of uh, like. Travis Dermott admitting yesterday he is and – or was and still is a closet Canucks fan. But super excited to be a Canuck. I mean – I know the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs love to have uh, off the bat right when I right when I got picked they love that I had all the Leafs stuff in in my bedroom when I was a kid but uh, I actually also had some Vancouver stuff that I might have had hidden away so um, Vancouver has has been my team in the past um, so you you know I I've always kind of kind of had the Canucks in the back of my mind but I never really thought that I'd, I'd be here but. Um, I'm super excited to be here now, and uh, going forward, I'm, I'm just super excited to meet the boys and get everything started. This part of today's podcast is brought to you by Jenish House Design. Jenish House Design is a Canadian company offering hundreds of customizable stock plans for quick and cost-effective home plans. Visit Jenish.com today. Little Tommy Two Tone there for you, right? So eight six seven five three zero nine. Tommy Two Tone actually, much like Pink Floyd, the name of the band, not the singer. I'm gonna take a look at that graphic again to recap, uh, Derek, for people just uh, uh, tuning in. Canuck trade deadline deals going back uh, to yesterday. It all started as we work from the bottom on up. Travis Hamonic going uh, to Ottawa for a third rounder. Travis Dermott. Uh, moments later. Uh, going to Vancouver from Toronto for a third rounder. That was the Winnipeg third rounder. They yeah. got for Nate Schmidt. That's right. Uh, Brad Richardson rejoins the Canucks, a waiver pickup from the Calgary Flames, and Tyler Mott goes to the New York Rangers, hoping for a long playoff run for a 2023, not 2022, uh, fourth rounder. I want to uh, go through some old Canuck deadline uh, deals yeah best of the bunch we'll do that in a bit but first just a small departure here uh folks we've got some news from home base victoria uh victoria check tv a uh, beautiful uh, uh vancouver island uh, ryan uh, got <laughs> joe perkins uh, our good guy you know what joey at five o'clock uh, television the news no one better uh, anyways congrats to the uvic uh, men's basketball team they won the canada west title last night in edmonton off to the nationals in two weeks you got a throat bubble there <laughs> Was sent this camera pick last night from family at the game. Uh, Joe Perkins at uh, Go Victoria. Uh, UBC men's uh, hockey team, they got thumped in Alberta. The Golden Bears, oh, the number one program in the in the country. They're so hard to beat. Nine out of ten years, they're going off to the finals, uh, uh, Donnie. 
UVic's pretty good program as well. Oh, I just told you, the UVic's off. Um, and, of course, uh, old-timers like myself, I don't know how old you have to be, but we remember when UVic and Eli Pasquale and Ken Shields so were oh. reeling off title after title, Canadian title a- after title Shields, uh, back in the 80s. Ken Shields, what a legendary and coach. And Kathy Shields as well yeah, with the women. Le- legendary coaches. So congratulations to everybody involved, uh, everybody at UVic, including my daughter who, go- who goes there. That's right. Okay. Okay, so the Canucks make a couple of moves today. One a trade, one a waiver wire pickup involving Brad Richardson, Tyler Mott going to the New York Rangers. Uh, I just wanted to do this. I made Derek make this graphic, yeah. so I want to I use it. Canucks going back in history, their best trade uh, deadline day uh, deals. We got the graphic there, uh, Derek? Nice. I think he was upset at me. So maybe he got rid of it, but he, he, he didn't. This, these are among the best. Man, we talk, talked about this last week. I know we're going into the past, Ryan, and you hate when we do this, but I let's just nothing. do it. Okay, Ron and Cardinal Momesso, uh, Dirk, for Quinn and Butcher. 1991, turned the, turned the franchise around. Yep. Right? Remember yeah, oh, Cardinal, Ronning, Linden, that forward line? Oh. Just made things so exciting at the Coliseum, and Jeff and Cliff, both from B.C., uh, Jeff from Victoria, Cliff from North Burnaby, Robert Dirk from uh, the interior. They were just so excited to be here. You could feel uh, the energy. This was a strange one. 94, uh, the Canucks send Craig Janney to St. Louis. He didn't want to come here, never he played a game. He said, no way, I don't want to get, get rid of me, get rid yeah, of me. They had traded Peter Nedved uh, to St. Louis for Janney. Janney said, yeah, I'm not going to uh, Vancouver. Yeah, so they that. send Janney back to St. Louis, get Jeff Brown back. Brett Hedekin, Nathan Lafayette, and all three of those gentlemen, save a goalpost or, or, or two, or just one, uh, contributed in a big, big way to the Canucks getting to the 94 Stanley Cup Final. Who could forget Jeff Brown's uh, double overtime pass to Pavel Bury to defeat the Flames in Calgary. Uh, Marcus Naslin in 1996, arguably the best deal the Canucks ever made, we're talking franchise history, engineered by Pat Quinn, like those first two, yeah. uh, to Alex Stoyanov, who went to, to the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. Uh, that was, well, that was a slaughter. The, the yeah. Canucks won that going away. And then 2011, I think people forget about the, and, you know, I took a shot at Mike earlier today, but two great deals made by uh, Mike Gillis just before the 2011 playoff run, picking up Chris Higgins from Florida well, and Max LaPierre from Anaheim. Oh, hold on. What about Airhoff? Airhoff was just... Uh, I don't know if that was that a trade no, deadline deal. It was a de- trade deadline? No, yeah. that, that one was the, the, the big with Gillis. The focus of today is the trade <laughs> deadline. <laughs> in case you weren't... weren't Airhoff was a great pickup. Uh, this wasn't uh, right at the deadline, I believe. If my memory serves me right. I mean, we could go through a lot of trades, right? Some of them were deadline... Some of them weren't. But 98, Linden for Bertuzzi yes. and McCabe. Uh, 2014, Markstrom for Luongo. That turned out to be a, a good deal. Contract aside. And then one that doesn't get enough credit. Because this gentleman was a true Canuck, one of the great defensemen in hi- history. 1990, they get Yerke Lume oh, from right. the Montreal Canadiens. I remember that. For a second rounder. None of this fourth round stuff. They get Lume for a, a, yeah. a second rounder. And again... Yurke, I know he watches the show. Hello out there. We're on Yurke the air. Lume was so good. <laughs> All of that to Yurke Lume. Have you got any other submissions there? Any chance? Oh, just uh, tons of them coming in. I mean, uh, I don't know where to start. Go I ahead. cannot believe the, the amount of emails we're getting that about how upset people are about this trade. Like, I, I don't know. 
I mean, uh, uh, again, uh, okay. I I don't want to. Well, no, like I mean, so so okay. So if they get a second round, why are you surprised? If Benning had made this deal, he would get ripped. I mean, he, at least at least Alvin and Rutherford have some people uh, on their side. To, we, we had to get something. You believe Benning would have? Oh, for sure. Well, why do you say that though? Well, you made the point earlier. The history wasn't great. No, but you definitely get okay. Ripped. So. De- deadlines go of Hamus and Verbata. He gets mm-hmm. ripped for not making move. What, Which everybody what, remembered except us. What happened the year he traded Hansen and Burroughs? Absolutely. Glowing everybody was pretty brace. happy. What, were the re- what was the return for those two? Well, I mean, they gave up. We're, ta- we're talking about you, you, bo- you got in both cases in return for those players. And look, Burroughs was the top six player in his prime. Yannick Hansen, bottom six, mostly third line, killed penalties, all of that. But you got... Can you call them failed, but maybe still promising first-rounders in return? What about Jonathan Dolan? He's fit in nicely yeah. with San Jose. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if you can... Ended up being... Uh, they were right. Unfortunately, they didn't... They, they, stick they with traded them. him away. They right. didn't, yeah, they didn't stick second. with them. And Goldobin was worth a, was worth a shot. Uh, D- Bigger had returns. his ups and downs. He had to go to Sweden. He, he did, back. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to sit here now and go, oh, my God, I understand that. And by the way, and it wasn't totally positive because I remember there were a lot of people. I remember a lot of taking a lot of messages that day about people wanting draft picks. They didn't want prospects. They wanted draft picks because they wanted to just overload well, on draft picks. I think picks, the right? o- overwhelming reaction was it positive. It was positive because they at least got something. So today you get something for a guy on an expiring contract, and yes, I'm just surprised. Yes, you, you are right. I understand. How Maybe. many fourth liners make an Im- fourth rounders make an impact in the NHL? That's where people are coming okay, from. Okay, but were you signing okay, you know, But, you know, okay, somebody earlier today said, you know, we tend in this market, Canuck fans, and this is the case in every market, you fall in love with your players, right? So there was a lot of talk regarding Tyler Mott going into the trade deadline. Absolutely, a, absolutely. A, a lot of talk. I didn't hear anybody mention, hey, he'll get a, he'll get a fourth rounder. People, people thought, and look, some of the reaction is emotional. People thought he would get more, Absolutely. given all the but talk, again, the market rightly changes. or wrongly. Dolly brought up the good point. Look what we just got through on the weekend. I mean, look at the Ben Sherratt trade, right, out of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, Montreal, Montreal to Florida. Yeah. Right? People look at that and went, man, look at the steep price the Panthers paid. They got in early on the market. The then Canucks the did not changes. do this early, but one of the reasons they didn't do it early, Ryan, is because they were still talking on the weekend contract, and that opened with another Mott's can of worms. And that- they were still talking, and they were still talking, and and obviously they made the decision this morning late to uh, move them. And for those of you just tuning in, because we're getting a lot of people, this tweet sent to us. Yarmo Kekalainen has spoke, or he's either still talking to the media, or he's already talked to the media. Seeing that there's 33 trades backed up at Central Registry with the NHL, oh. the Canucks are not one of those teams. According on, to Bob McKenzie. And Dolly Walls heard the same thing, that they are done for the day. So if no, they're done. They're done. It was only, uh, we had been told at 10 to 12 they were going to announce uh, something after 12 o'clock, and that was Tyler Mott. It just I, there's just a certain part of Canuck fans that'll never be happy. Yeah, but you gotta Ryan, you're going to say that about every, every fan, fan base. For sure. But I just look and it's like, if again, if they don't trade him, it's oh my god, you have a okay. UFA I, I, I get tired. And and I, I get tired of this because it's like, oh, you know, Canuck Twitter is just terrible, and the Canuck fan base overreacts. To, would you rather have a fan base that didn't give a crap? No, but they oh, care. Okay, but, uh, I think Canuck should be thankful. Aquilini, Rutherford, Alvine, and the Chipmunks—they should be so happy that they've got a fan base that cares. Keep it coming, folks. And there's nothing wrong with that. So what if they complain? At least they the, care. The, the opposite of love isn't hate. Yeah. It's I, indifference. Okay. 
wise man. Mr. Poet. Anyways, listen. And the, the thing about Canucks Twitter, it's been 10 years of awful hockey, Ryan. I, I understand and, that. And as soon I'm, as I, they turn the hey, corner someday, I'm just saying, you're not going to have this negativity. There's just a certain certain part of it that uh, nothing will please them. It's, it, it's, it's oh, oh, you oh. move around in, okay. in your argument. Okay. You're right. Yeah. But there's also a segment of Canuck Twitter where you can't say anything bad about the oh. team. Like, if you yes. say something bad, you are evil. You're the worst person in the yes. history of the planet. So there's the, – and, and both sides are extremely passionate. And you know what? I'll say it again. The Canucks should be thankful for those people. Yeah, I they, agree. they care. And this team has put this fan base through a lot of misery, and people still care. And they complain about Twitter? Thank God they're you know, there, and they gonna, care. The complainers will never go away. The haters will never go away. Uh, Ryan, it will always be there. You got a submission by any chance? No, I, I'm, I'm flustered. Are you surprised with the uh, lack of act- relative lack of activity with the Canucks no. before trade deadline? Last night when they didn't sit anybody, told me a very big thing: they're not close, and you can't you can't move a top six guy in the morning if at nighttime the night before you're not. Last night by not sitting anyone, Donnie, told me they didn't have anything brewing. Oh, go. Uh, hold on a sec here. How much time do we have, by the way? Oh, the UVic. We got to do the UVic. We did. Okay. okay, okay. Uh, if you missed any of today's... Do you want to do uh, it again? <laughs> look, it's been a long day, right? It's been you, a long day. Rick, you got people out there, you know, digging yes. ditches eight hours yes, a day. Yes, I know that. I'm sorry. I know that. Go, I go. know that. I know that. And, I, and and God bless those guys uh, digging ditches and all that. My first uh, job. Hard, yeah, me too. I, I, I grew up on a farm. I know that stuff. <laughs> oh. Go. Donnie got me going over to digging ditches. If you missed any of today's show, don't forget you can catch full replays of Donnie and Dolly in the Check Plus app or watch our uh, interviews on YouTube. Just search for Donnie and Dolly. The 219-220 number one pub in Victoria invites you to come and see why they're a local favorite watering hole. (laughs) Oh, look at this. Ten minutes from the ferry terminal. Ah. The waddling dog pub, the place to catch every Canucks game. The place to unwind uh, with one of their 19 taps of uh, both domestic and locally crafted beer, wine, and cider. Daily happy hour, 4 to 6. Brunch, 11 to 2. Fully stocked liquor store attached. Countless reasons to come sit and stay at the Waddling Dog Pub. Go see Dom, Brandon, and Anita the Ant. Okay. How much time now, Ryan? Oh. Uh, you got about uh, 30 seconds. Okay, Derek, Derek, can we throw up the board just to recap as we go to break and maybe keep this up uh, for the rest of the show, if you don't mind. Again, like we this. recap. Sunday, Travis Hamannick to Ottawa from the Canucks, third-round pick. Canucks then sent a third-round pick to Toronto in order to pick up Travis Dermott. Left-handed defenseman plays the right side. Earlier today, Brad Richardson, he's a Canuck again, gets picked up on waivers from the Calgary Flames. Tyler Mott goes to the New York Rangers. Rangers hoping for a playoff run. Tyler Mott to the Rangers for a 2023 fourth-round draft pick. This has been a blast, folks. Oh. Three hours of Donnie and Dolly. Hope you enjoyed it. On behalf of Ryan, on behalf of Rick, Derek, everybody at Oh Boy and Check, I'm Don. You're up to date in the world of sports. Thanks for listening to the Donnie and Dolly podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Donnie and Dolly for all the latest show content. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.